presence of Impact Wrestling. The present standard of Impact Wrestling. He is a former two-time Impact World Champion. And where this going to battle for glory. One looks to retain the title. The other looks to reclaim it. Josh Alexander battles Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Championship. Impact Wrestling presents Battle for Glory. Live Friday, October 7th on Pay-Per-View and Fight. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk podcast taking place on a Thursday. Believe it or not, I am the Main Event player of the Super Secret himself, former Taurus, coming back at you, the God among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. Now, as most of you guys had heard, uh, I had announced last week that I was going to be releasing the episode on Thursday instead of its usual Saturday. Now... Reason for it is because we got several events that are going to be happening in the next couple of days. We have Bound for Glory that's going to take place this coming Friday, the season premiere of Friday Night SmackDown. We've also got Rampage, which, let's be honest, I really don't care about it that much, but we will try to give you a report of it as much as we can. We also are going to talk about several things, including WWE Extreme Rules taking place on Saturday. We're going to talk about that and everything else like that. Also, we're going to talk about the season premiere of Monday Night Raw featuring the reunion of Degeneration X. And the main event has got some comments in regards to Mr. Ass. And by the way, Mr. Ass was the hit of the night from last night's uh, AEW Dynamite during Scissoring Day. So we're going to talk about that on this episode of the main event, Tom Podcast. And also... Uh, some backstage drama that's been happening in regard to the whole thing with Sammy Guevara and Andrade. You know, so we're going to talk about that. And I think the Wrestling Observer Radio will give you guys an idea about exactly what I'm talking about. And plus some of the latest wrestling news and everything and much, much more. So, yes, this is an early edition of the Main Event Talk podcast. But like I said earlier, we, we want to go ahead and get this out of the way because there's going to be several pay-per-views that are going to be coming from Bound for Glory coming up this Friday to uh, WWE Extreme Rules coming this Saturday. So the Main Event's going to be looking forward to checking out all that and much, much more. So sit back, relax, grab a cold one, or grab you know, grab whatever you can, and uh, let's listen to this episode, shall we? And get right into some music. And then when we 
when we return, we are going to talk a little bit about the whole thing with uh, AEW. Obviously, the Wrestling Observer Radio is going to give you some backstage deal in regards to what had taken place between Andrade and Sammy Guevara. We'll be right back.
Well, football season is here, and that means that everybody is going to be going to their house to go ahead and check out some of their favorite football teams, from the Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans to the San Francisco 49ers to the Green Bay Packers and much, much more. But why just be at your house and check out the football games? We can go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and check out the games themselves. As you guys know, most of the football games that take place on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays. And if you guys want to go to either one of those dates, you can. All you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards, go check out the game, order yourself some beer, order yourself some food, maybe shoot some pool with some friends and family in every way possible. Now, besides all that, you know that Rich's Billiards, not only do they have some great beers, some great food, some great company, but they also have some great, great events happening in the next few months. You know that in October, there's going to be a big event happening at Rich's Billiards that includes our good friends at Emo Night. And they are fixing to present their biggest Emo Night to date, which will take place live Saturday, October 15th. Be there as early as you can. It will take place live featuring several bands involving. And if you guys want to get there as early as you can, do so Saturday, October 15th. It should be one epic event. And with all that being said, besides all of those things that are going to happen, you can come in and check out some boxing, check out some football, check out some basketball, some baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the World Series. So if you guys want to check out the World Series, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and check out everything that happens at my favorite place of all time. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the legend continues. This episode is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Sea Kid himself, and I approve this message. Yet another backstage altercation, which happened before Dynamite, the 30-year anniversary of Dynamite today, involving Sammy Guevara and Andrade. Dave, what yes. happened? Well, you tell me what you've heard, cause, and I'll tell you, I have actually some notes here on what I've heard. So, Well, it started with the interview that Andrade had done, where he told a story about how the only person he'd ever had a problem with was Sammy Guevara, who he That's, said uh, keep, had... Keep in, keep in mind... 
he said that he wasn't going to spread gossip and that he wasn't going to mention the name, and then he mentioned the name in the next sentence. So he says that Sammy Guevara once complained that he hit him too hard in a match, and he said, it's wrestling. If I hit you, you hit me. And he said he confronted him and asked if there was a problem, and Sammy said okay, or said there was no problem, and so that was that. So Sammy on Twitter uh, unleashed on Andrade on Monday, and Andrade responded to him and essentially said, "I'll see you at Dynamite." And they well, were so 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 Sammy um, just just so this Sammy probably shouldn't have gone on Twitter. Neither of them should have gone on Twitter. Yeah, but they went they went back and forth on Twitter. I mean, Andrade. Um, was look Andrade's trying to get trying to get fired. Okay, we all know that. Um, and you know, so far, when guys want to leave, some will go to great extremes to do that. It's happened with WWE. I've talked to people in WWE who've tried to get fired with some of the craziest things in the world, and I've told them, look, it's not going to work. Um, and they there were some crazy stories of people trying to do things to get fired now now getting in a fight was never one of them but but there's things much crazier than than that um from different people who you know wanted to leave and get out and were not going to be allowed to do that because the company wasn't going to release them so now the situation is on the other front where there's where there's a few people and it's not that many it's like three right that that want to leave and you know there's different stories and whatever and andrade's one of them and, you know, has basically said it, you know, publicly in that interview, you know. All he essentially time. talked about the mask versus career match at the show that was scheduled for Friday. And he said, you know, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just lay down. And then well, you know, he also he also noted that, you know, I that, that, I, that, I match, is, that match is off, by the way. But yes, I, I, do, we'll get I, to that. I, I do want to mention this really quick because you bring that match up because um, obviously I was cr very critical of the match um, because, you know, it's no build. Right. And so but don't and don't please, please don't start and go. Oh, they've been doing interviews for a month. I know they've been doing interviews for a month about Andrade recruiting him. And if they were doing a match on Friday um, if, and it was scheduled where. If Andrade won, 10 had to join him. That, in fact, would have been built up for a month. Andrade, in a retirement versus mask match, they did nothing as far as 10's mask. They did certainly nothing to build up Andrade retiring if he loses. That came out of nowhere. Now, the reason they did this was because they were playing off the rumors which they're doing a lot of now on the internet and everything. Well, they're not rumors. I mean, they're playing off the, it's, it's true that Andrade wanted to get out. So they're playing that up and it was a way to tease people with the idea that, hey, you know, they're doing this out of nowhere. Um, so maybe Andrade's gonna lose. That's why they're doing it. So that was actually the reason they did this was actually because of that. Now, the match is not taking place. It has nothing to do with neither guy wanting to lose or anything like that. It was, um, you know, but the the whole the whole just so that that was the whole gist of the situation of the Andrade match and why it's being done. You can judge for yourself if that's a good idea or a bad idea. They're doing a lot of stuff like that right now because they believe that that's where the fan base resides and everything like that and. So they all know, everyone knows these stories. I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, it, it's, 
you know, whatever. But that's but we're gonna and I'm sure we'll get more of that. You know, that type of a thing where if something's hot on social media and you know they've done it in some of their angles, you know, like the stuff with you know the tampering and everything, they're trying to play off real life. So that's just what AEW is doing right now. Whether they'll, they'll continue doing it, I don't know, but that's what they're doing now. Okay, so um, as far as what happened, um, so after all of this stuff, okay, so so Sammy basically said that you know Andrade wasn't telling the truth with his story and whether that's true or not and then Andrade you know and also he also said that uh Andrade was only there as a favor for you know to Ric Flair and that Andrade has now failed to get over in two different companies so you know that's you know whatever um probably should not have done that Andrade shot back. I don't remember what he said anymore. What did, he say? what did Andrade say when he shot back? I don't remember. I just remember him saying that he was going to see him at Dynamite. He was going to see him at Dynamite. Okay, so so Tuesday night, they were talked to, both of them, and they were told uh, no fighting. Um, and um, Andrade was told that um, if this is your idea, you know, you're not going to get fired if you fight but you will be sent home. And Andrade said that, don't worry, there's nothing's going to happen. There's going to be no fighting. This was Tuesday night. Sammy was the same thing. Nothing's going to happen. Um, they had security there. Everybody was warned ahead of time. Um, and then I know it has been written. Um, you can tell, I, I've heard probably five different stories, but three of them are, are identical, which is probably similar to what you heard. And the fourth one is somewhat identical. Um, well, here's the thing. So TMZ had a story that said that Sammy Guevara had thrown several punches at Andrade. That didn't happen. And then Andrade. No, no, no. Their story was that their story was that Sammy pushed him, and then Andrade punched back. Uh, the story actually said that Sammy threw punches. The TMZ story. Okay. Well, he, okay. Well, there's but no. Regardless, regardless. Th that, that for sure. That for sure didn't happen. That's the story that was on TMZ. Okay. The story that was not on TMZ, that I heard from multiple people, was that, in fact, Sammy did not throw any punches. One person, one person did say that Andrade spun him around and Sammy shoved him and then Andrade punched him. The other stories were that Andrade just punched him and that Sammy did not fight back. And well, it was, it, this, is, this, is, this is what I heard from, from someone who I totally trust on this one. Um, that Andrade was waiting, you know, like everybody was waiting for, so Andrade was waiting in the hallway. He got two punches in before it was broken up. So, and Sammy didn't fight back. Yeah, um, obviously from, you know, if you, you watch the show tonight, the punches didn't, um, you know, they didn't leave a mark. So, I mean, they weren't like they were solid punches or anything like that, but he did throw two punches, and then it was broken up right away, and Andrade was sent home. Well, one of the, one of the keys to this is, unlike in the CM Punk situation, where both sides, both sides agreed that CM Punk did, in fact, throw the first punch, and the dispute was why he threw the first punch. Did he, well, was, did he, was he just attack them when they came was, in, was or did he, he feel was, threatened? Did he feel threatened? Yes. Or, yeah, yes but the key is both sides told the same story. He threw the first punch. Yes. This, the two sides clearly are telling the opposite story. The Andrade side well, well, says that Sammy is, went after this him. Is not, this is not a side. There well, were, there were, this, was, this is not, I mean, Andrade may, may have said this, 
But well, that's clearly there's, a side. There's, then. Okay, yeah, but there's people there. Well, I know, was, but my my point is, it that, was broken. It was broken up immediately. People were there, and people saw it. Yes. That story. The story of of Sammy throwing the first punch, I know, is not true. Well, here's my was, point. Here's my if point. If it was Sammy, would have been sent. Yes. There, if he Sammy threw the first home. punch, he would not have worked the main event. That's the yeah. point. Yes. But there Sammy, are two sides. There's a side that says that Sammy threw the punches, which is okay. clearly wrong. But there is that side. There's that okay. side, and then there's the other side. And it appears the other side is accurate because you're not working the main event of the show if you attack. Andrade and punched him multiple times well, especially before since he were, knocked you out. Since they were both told yesterday there would be no fighting or you would be sent home. Yes. So whoever threw the punch first was sent home. I mean, that's the end of the story. And I know that a lot of people, you know, because Sammy did go on Twitter and say what he said, you know, think that they all should be fired all the time or he should have been sent home too. Or then they got mad that he got the pin, whatever. But the reality is, is that, and, and look, you know, he was talked to, and hopefully these situations don't happen again, and, you know, um, he again, he probably should not have gone on social media um, to do that, but I, you know, you can see where he's coming, and there's also, there's also a lot more to the story, too, but you can see where he's coming, Um as far as, you know, everyone wants to defend themselves when they feel that they're wronged or someone's telling a, a, a story about them that isn't true, that makes them look bad. And so, you know, that's the motive. And so that's what people are always going to do. Um, and he did that. Um, and, you know, it just, it, but they, they were absolutely aware of this. I was really mad about this because it's like, Jesus Christ, this is on social media the day before. Um, everyone knows Andrade's trying to get fired anyway. It's the perfect thing. They should have been, you know, they should have never been near each other. And in fact, that they, you know, that was exactly what they all thought too. And that's why they were talked to ahead of time. But it still happened because, and this is the thing that you and I talked about um, last week, when you've got guys, like, you know, you said, like, when you've got guys who don't want to be there. Now, granted, I like I said, I've heard plenty of stories personally from a couple of wwe guys um several actually who came up with crazy stories none of them involved starting a fist fight um this was andrade's way out and it's the argument of if a guy doesn't want to be here they become a cancer in the locker room and um that's the negative part of it, it and the AEW locker room, for the most part, look, it's it's looked really bad because you've had this thing, you had the punk thing, you know, you had the Eddie Kingston thing, which also involves Sammy, which makes Sammy look bad because Sammy's in two of them. Although Eddie is, you know, Eddie took full blame for that one. Um, and then Sammy came on social media and probably said what he shouldn't have. But Eddie was, the, at that point, Eddie took the blame, you know, personally, you know, to me, to everyone, it's like, look, it was my fault. Um, you know, he was mad that the guy called him fat. Then they agreed to everything, and Sammy called him fat on TV again. And everybody was fine with it because they were fine. You know what I mean? That was all part of the storyline, you know, insulting each other. Um, Eddie got hot the first time because Sammy didn't clear it with him. Miscommunication. Okay. So, um, but... You know, Sammy was involved with that, but Eddie, you know, was the one to defend. When all was said and done, Eddie was the one to defend Sammy. But people, you know, I mean, when you're in two of them, it's uh, it's a bad situation. But 
you know, from an AEW standpoint, um, they they didn't they didn't send them home after the tweet. They tried to do what they did. This is what happened, and that's why Sammy was there and not sent home. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of people are going to get you know that's not going to be a very acceptable answer to a lot of people because um, Sammy's very unpopular and uh, he was also you know, um, but that's. That's the situation, and the, the big thing is, is okay, so what's, Andrade's going to be sent home, he's got years left on the deal, um, I don't know how you handle this one. I do. What? You just pay him, he doesn't do anything. Uh, that's a waste of money. Well, actually, we'll think about it this way, and there's no disrespect to Andrade, because you could say the same thing for Sammy, who was also involved in this, you're going to pay him for three years. And whether he's there or not, if he's there, what revenue has Andrade derived for the company in the last few years? Is he is he alone selling no, large no, numbers no, of no. tickets? No, 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 or look, look, uh, look, look, no, no, we, no, we, we don't look. Uh, Andrade, Andrade could be gone, and it's you know it's, it's neither here nor there business wise for them. Um, yeah, but so my point is, you're you're paying him to be there and not really derive any, you know, because nobody's deriving revenue solely on their own, with the exception of a few people. The vast majority of the people there are not deriving revenue one way or the other. So you're going to pay him for two years to be there, or you're going to pay him two years to not be there. And even though you are paying him to not go to work, what you're also doing is sending a message that you ain't going to get fired if you sign a contract here. You're not going to get fired. So we will just send you home, and you will not work for two years. And there might be a guy or two that is fine with they that can, idea. There's, 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 there's things, you know. Um, I mean, because it happened. You know, I mean, like in WWE, it happens. In sports, it happens all the time. People get suspended without pay. Um, now, there's a time limit as far as you know. You can't suspend somebody without pay forever. Um, at some point, you do have to release them. Um, you know, and it's. Then, then, then it gets to the lawyers, and God only knows how that ends up getting worked out. But um, you know, it's a situation. Um, one of the things that's, and again, it's like here's the thing. The I mean, it's 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 great though because you know, I mean, the one thing with 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 again, I mean, this is a WWE story because WWE contacted all these people, and and you know how that all goes, and it has been incredibly successful for WWE um, in the sense of contacting people or or in some cases you know working through intermediaries and letting people know that that they want them and those guys want to come back for whatever reason and you know I mean a lot of them have very good relations with Triple H and that's 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 a big part of it you know and and with Vince gone you know a lot of them you know now want to go back and with that situation, um, you know, it's it becomes it, it has created incredible unrest in AEW, and that's legit. I mean, there's been incidences, you know, this this being the key one, um, but it's not the only one. And the problem is, is that um, you know, it's like it, I I don't know if um, if they should, you know, I mean, look, there's there's again when when Andrade was gone. Um, from WWE, would you have picked him up if you were in that situation? And, and you know, for me, like, 
Andrade was a yes. Alistair Black was a yes. Buddy Murphy was not a giant yes, but he was a yes. You know, Keith Lee was a giant yes. You know, um, Strickland was a yes. Athena was a yes, right? You know, so when I look at the people who they've signed, this is just my judgment, you know, most of them, most of them I would go with. The, the, you know, you don't know. The big thing that changed was Vince being dumped. It changed the whole dynamic of everything as we've seen. And um, you don't know, but what's ha but you know what's happened in a lot of these cases is that those signings have really backfired because uh, you end up with people who, for whatever reason, um, you know, regret it, um, didn't know, and it's you know, and, and again. It's only a few of them. Most of the ones, most of the ones are fine, and most of the ones haven't, you know, caused any problems. So, yeah, before all of these guys were signed, the locker room was was so much better. Um, but you know, I mean, it's changed, you know, and that's an, you know another issue. But yeah, it looks, you know, I, again, like I was pretty mad about what happened because I just thought, my God, how can they let this happen? But. The reality is, is that they weren't asleep at the wheel, but even, even with that, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, what, what, any other versions that you heard? I mean, that, that was the, that's the best version I heard. Most of the versions were similar though, you know, in the sense of, um, you know, Andrade hit him, Sammy didn't hit him and you know, Andrade was sent home and Sammy wasn't sent home and Sammy didn't do anything wrong. And I mean, that's the general consensus. There was one version I heard where Sammy said something to him, um, not, didn't push him, but said something to him and then got hit. But based on the story that from, from what I heard was that, that he, that didn't even happen, that it was, um, you know, basically a blindside sucker punch, like, like you first had told me. Okay, so I kind of want to give you my reaction to uh, the news that we just heard from the Wrestling Observer. Um, so, you guys have heard about the story. You guys know about what's been happening. And uh, you know the fact that um, there's been a lot of uh, stuff happening in regards to AEW. And uh, it's been like this for several, uh, for about a couple of months now. I think, uh, you know, it's been like this since September. And, well, it's probably been like this for a while, you know, just to reiterate on a couple of things. Now, I want to talk first about the whole thing with Andrade and the whole thing with Sammy Guevara. Now, I, I, am, I am already starting to realize now about what's really happening. Now, some people are saying that Andrade is um, trying to get released from his company so he can go to the WWE. Now, there were a lot. There were a lot of things that I heard. Um, a lot of things that happened backstage that uh, I was reading online, which is interesting. So, okay, let's talk about for a moment uh, Andrade, who um, we know he's been unhappy. We know he's been you know, <clears throat> severely underused and everything. And it almost seems like the WWE is using him a whole lot better than, than they ever did. Now, I, I 
would not be surprised at all if Andrade were to come to the WWE within next year. I don't think I don't think anything will take place uh, anytime soon. I'm hoping that he'll make his appearance in WWE next year. Andrade is one of these individuals that I felt was used properly in the WWE, but was never really truly used in AEW to his standard. You know, he was involved with, I mean, he's involved with his uh, former tag team partner, Roosh, which is fine. And I, I, I still don't understand. I really don't understand why the Butcher and the Blade are still there. I don't even understand why Private Party is still there. You know, I think it should have been just those two individuals and that's it. You know, but <clears throat> but on to the story here, you know, Sammy Guevara, you know, Boy, how, how is it that a Texas boy can cause so much trouble? You know what I'm saying? Cause so much trouble. But it's like, you know, I got nothing against Sammy. Uh, I, you know, I like him. I like him as a competitor. I like him as an athlete. Um, I dig what he has done within the past few months. Uh, married his... Um, <laughs> married to uh, Ty Conte and... Uh, a lot of controversy behind that, and I, and I and I say a lot of controversy because you know the whole story, you know how it went down and everything else like that. So, we 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 both know, all of us know about the fact that about almost a year ago, Sammy Guevara was married to somebody else, and then all of a sudden, Ty Conte was involved, and all of a sudden, they get involved in a relationship, and then they get married, and the whole nine yards, and we all saw how that came, right? So. The thing is now, there was, uh, you heard some of the backstage heat. You heard some of the stuff about, uh, I, I guess there was a, a fight that altercate, uh, something that happened. I think this was right after, right before, after Dynamite, I think. So here's my opinion about this. Look, I personally feel that Andrade is trying to get out of his contract. Now, whether he... Whether it was intentional or not, we don't know. Now, also, I heard that, um, let's see, this Friday, there's supposed to be a match between him and Ten. And if Ten wins, he becomes a part of Andrade's new organization. But if, um, if Andrade loses, he has to leave AEW. Now... Now, I think <coughs> I think this is some kind of plan. I think you can almost tell that this is going to come to the point where... Uh, Dave Meltzer, who just mentioned this uh, earlier on this episode, where he stated that, I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're going to let him go. I think it's going to happen. You can almost assure that it's going to happen. That you're going to see Andrade... Lose the match to 10. 10 remains with the Dark Order, which which I don't understand the whole storyline thing. And look, listen, uh, and let me just say this because I believe it's true. They, you know, Meltzer had said something about getting 10 a part of the Dark Order or, or a part of his organization because 10 seems to be the better athlete than everyone in the, in the members of the Dark Order, right? But it, it's like, to me, it's like, a, it's something that, I wouldn't even waste my time on. Not that there's anything wrong with 10. 10 is a great athlete. I've seen what, what he can do. 
But the thing is, this whole story with Andrade, I, I just, I don't believe 10 can be a part of the group. And even if that were the case, I mean, where does it go? Uh, Melter had said something about that it, it was going to lead into a storyline. It was going to lead into something. But it, it really is not going to lead anywhere. I really don't believe it will. Because what I think should happen, and I'm hoping this happens on Friday when we get a chance to look at it, is they need to put this, they need to put this, to, <coughs> I'm sorry, they need to put this to an end. There needs to be a point where Andrade loses and he's out of AEW. It needs to happen. They all been saying that Andrade is going to lay down, right? Kind of like what Jeff Jarrett did with Hulk Hogan a while back. I'm kind of hoping that's not the case. You know, I'm kind of hoping that's not the case. And that would be, that would be totally disrespectful for Andrade to do that. But I don't think, I don't think Andrade, I, I think Andrade is a bit more professional to understand the circumstances, but I think he's going to do what he has to do. You know, and everything. And plus, you have to keep in mind. <clears throat> you also have to keep in mind how he's been using AEW, and especially, uh, especially for someone like me, you got you got Andrade, you got Roosh, you got Sammy Guevara, you got all of these individuals, especially in the Latino culture, that have not been used or, or used properly at all. You know, and. They have not, well, they've been used, obviously, but how is it that our Latino culture, our Mexican heritage, has not been used as pro- properly on AEW as the WWE did? Now, I know some people are going to say, well, are, so you're trying to compare the whole thing with Rey Mysterio? You can't compare that? No, that's not what I'm trying to get at here. Look at, look at some of the stars that the WWE has pushed when it comes to the Latino. I mean, look at, look at Rey Mysterio. That's example one. Look at Eddie Guerrero. That's another one. Uh, <clears throat> Andrade was a part of the whole deal. He was the United States champion. He was NXT champion. You know, there are several Mexican lucha. We need to really set an example, especially when it comes to the Latino uh, culture in in professional wrestling, because it is slowly not looking good at all. I mean, you got. Andrade, you got Sammy Guevara, you got uh, uh, Santos Escobar. He has not been used yet, but hopefully very, very soon we'll be able to see Santos Escobar and the rest of Legado del Fantasma either on SmackDown or Raw. It's going to be interesting to check that out. But as far as this whole thing with uh, Andrade, is he going to get released from the WWE? Is he going to get released from AEW to go to WWE? I'm not sure when his contract expires. I think... Because what he he was brought into the co- company about a year ago, right? He was brought into the company about a year ago. Now, all of a sudden, he becomes the next individual that wants out of AEW. <clears throat> now, as far as the whole thing with Sammy Guevara, you know that dude has just put a lot of people in trouble, you know, and he's not making his case at all. And did you hear? Did you hear what uh, Melter said about the whole thing with the whole thing with uh, Sammy Guevara and Eddie Eddie Kingston? All right. First of all, first of all, I don't agree with the idea of. Uh, and I saw the match too. I saw it, and I I thought kind of thought it was stupid, ridiculous having Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara having a match on Rampage uh, on the Grand Slam, and then all of a sudden. 
you know, Eddie Kingston wins, and then it ends up being Sammy Guevara winning because he had a he had a chokehold on him or something like that, and wouldn't let go. And the referees were involved, and ending up Sammy winning. So it was stupid. The question is, does the feud continue? No, you put that shit behind you. No, that's just stupid. I mean, I would have rather I would have if the backstage shit were real, I would have put that out right on television. I would have put that out right on television because it would be the realest thing you see in professional wrestling. Yes, it's going to get crazy. Yes, it's going to get uh, there's going to be an altercation. But you know what? At least you're going to get the audience to want something that looks real on television. Now, I also want to talk about the state of where AEW is at right now. Not just about what what has happened, you know. What has happened with Sammy Guevara and what has happened with Andrade? Everything. Now, it seems to me that this whole thing with AEW in the past few months, well, actually, I would say in the past couple of months, to be exact, where everything is starting to look bad for AEW. You see, ever since Triple H, ever since Vince McMahon had officially retired from the WWE and Triple H took over, lots of things are happening in WWE and lots of heads are being turned and lots of people's careers are being rebooted in the WWE because of a Triple H. Now, the thing is, the WWE right now <clears throat> is getting better and better every single time. Now, <coughs> now, true, now, true, the shows are not improving as of yet, but I'm not saying it's going to improve every single day. <coughs> I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is everybody is starting to feel much better knowing that WWE is starting to now change, is starting to now blend in, which now the whole sports entertainment genre, it's still there. It's still there, but they are bringing elements of professional wrestling in there that has never been seen. And also, they're saying certain things that they should not, they should not be seen, but you know, if Vince McMahon were in charge, he probably would not allow you to say that, you know, it would be what it is and everything else like that, right? But now that Triple H is in charge, you're allowed to say professional wrestling. You're, you're allowed to get your full name. You're allowed to do whatever you want as long as you can bring the ratings to the show. And so far, that has taken place. That has taken place Within the past couple, ever since Triple H has taken over, everything from what has taken place at SummerSlam to what has taken place at Castle, the Clash of the Castle, to several of the the events that happen on Raw and on SmackDown, it is starting to look good every single week. Now, like I said, keep in mind the shows are not going to get that better every time. You know, Raw is still what it is. SmackDown is still what it is. Now, AEW, they are starting to fall apart like crazy. 
And Tony Khan is really not taking control of his wrestlers. He's not taking control of the situation. You know? Look, we're going on three years for AEW, all right? We're going on three years, and and it's still the same old story. It's still the same old story where all of a sudden another person gets signed or another backstage drama is about to uh, unfold. You know, a, a lot of stuff has been happening AEW. Now, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if this episode of the third anniversary of Dynamite were to get a rating of, uh, say, a million, maybe less than a million. It wouldn't surprise me about that at all. But here's the thing. AEW really needs to, you know, fix its shit. It needs to fix this whole thing. Like, for example, the, the third anniversary show that took place last night. I saw it, okay? I saw it. <clears throat> I think the whole thing with... Uh, We'll start with the whole thing with MJF first. You know, he came out, he did a segment, he came out, he said what he said and everything, had a match with uh, Wheeler Yuta, you know, there was uh, some stuff between the two, we weren't sure exactly if there was respect or not, uh, somebody got involved, M- MJF's wondering what the fuck, and then he took off afterwards, so that was it, you know. So, there may be some type of feud happening involving MJF and the Black Bull Combat Club. Now, there were a couple of other things. I mean, that was one spot for me that I think I liked. The other one was uh, National Scissoring Day. The whole thing with the Acclaim. I think that was pretty good. And I'm so happy that the Acclaim are the tag team champions. Because now, you've got a very popular tag team. you got a team that's going to get somewhere. It's going to hold on those titles for as much longer. And for once, it's a legit tag team. It's a legit tag team because... While you have all of these other guys that are just put together just to be a team so they can be tag team champions, you got a team like they claim who are put together and who are considered a great tag team. So why you guys why you guys have while these guys have tag teams like <coughs> FTR, the Young Bucks, and I think uh, who was that? I think it was SCU who were the tag team champions who were, you know, not, you know, who were a legit tag teams and not just two people being put together like Hangman Adam Page and uh, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega from years ago and, and Swerve Strickland and um, Keith Lee. The Acclaim is a legit tag team and the Acclaim is doing good and I'm glad that they are, you know, having the time of their lives. And Mr. Ass, who was a part of that whole uh, scissoring thing, is has become the most popular deal. And I know some people have been saying, well, it kind of sucks that... Um, <clears throat> it kind of sucks that Mr. Ass will not be at the reunion show this coming Monday, which we, I will talk about later on on this episode of the Mayvet Talk podcast. Now... <clears throat> The scissoring day, uh, besides that, there was the whole thing with Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and um, who was the other one? Uh, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and FTR, there we go, who uh, came in involving themselves in this whole thing with, um, what was it, Brian Cage and uh, the Embassy, 
the embassy from Ring of Honor and everything. You know, it's just um, incredible to watch. But then after that, I mean, it, it just wasn't that much of an AEW show. The women's division was fine. Dr. Britt Baker went ahead and came out and mentioned that, uh, uh, that I guess Soraya is not cleared to compete. Which, in, in a crazy way, I mean, that whether it's, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But we'll see what happens. And then the last match that happened, um, I think... Oh, the last 15 minutes. The last 15 minutes of the show. What was the point of that? What was the point of that? I mean, it, it, just because it's the 15, 15 minutes, because it's the third anniversary. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I'm just so ridiculous. And the fact that at the end of the show, um, it let's see, it was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on the team of who was it? Taking on the team of Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia, right? And it was a good match. But the ending was, I, it just, it was flat. It was flat. It was stupid. I didn't like how it went down. I mean, I would have liked it a whole lot better. I mean, it, it, the interference from Jericho, you just practically, you practically saw that coming. You practically saw that coming. While Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson was being put through a table at the hands of Chris Jericho, Here's um, Daniel Garcia doing what he has to do against Sammy Guevara. And I'm thinking this match is going to be over. And we're going to see Daniel, uh, we're going to see Daniel Garcia win. And then it's going to be a big victory <clears throat> in the hands of the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, uh, Daniel Garcia. But no, it ended up with Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society winning. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I was a I was a huge fan of the Inner Circle. I think the Inner Circle was a better group than the Jericho Appreciation Society, and and this whole thing with with the Jericho Appreciation Society, I feel like I'm the only person that realizes this group is not going to get anywhere. They're not going to get anywhere. All they're going to do is just continue to do the shit that they do on television and is going to get people irritated. It's not about it's not about heel turns or them being bad guys. It's the fact that they're there. They're there. It's it's just, just ridiculous. I mean, look, Jake Hager hasn't done anything, right? Uh Daniel Garcia was probably the only person that managed to survive and get away from the Jericho Appreciation Society and move on to do bigger and better things. Uh, 2.0, and I'll still call them that. They're still 2.0. That team is flatter than a plate full of piss, as Jim Cornette would say. It's it just now, and, and Chris Jericho, him being Ring of Honor World Champion, look, I understand the whole gimmick. I understand what he's trying to do. He wants to challenge all the Ring of Honor stars, all the Ring of Honor former champions, and desecrate the Ring of Honor championship. Here's my deal on that. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's really not going to get anywhere. He could be a heel all he wants to and make people hate him, but he's still going to get the crowd singing along with him every step of the way. 
But other than that, I mean, the third anniversary show was not really a third anniversary show. It's like watching an episode of Monday Night Raw where it looked good, it looked right, but wait a minute, what happened here? Why didn't this change? Why didn't that happen? We saw interference coming a mile away. It's it's the same fucking bullshit. I mean, the third anniversary show was not all that. There's really nothing to get excited about as far as AEW Dynamite goes. Nothing has changed. And, and, and it's like... It's like I say to myself, what is Dynamite going to do next? What is AEW going to do next? Now... Will it surprise me if the ratings show up and all of a sudden the ratings come up to, say, a million? Say we get a million viewers watching AEW Dynamite? That's not going to surprise me. That's not going to surprise me at all. If it's less than a million, okay, that, that'll be a little bit of a surprise. If it's less than, say, 800,000, I'll be like, oh, oh, boy, that, that, didn't, that didn't turn out so well. And for them to use the last 15 minutes of the show. I'm like, okay, what was the point of that? Was a big surprise coming? Is anything happening that we're going to be interested in in that show? No. No, they just added 15 minutes for nothing. I mean, this is exactly why AEW, dude, they need to change. They need to come up with something creative. Tony Khan needs to stop trying to play Booker and have somebody else run the fucking show. I mean, that's what he needs to do. He needs to have somebody else running this fucking show because he is losing control of his superstars. A lot of backstage heat is taking place. So much backstage heat that TMZ has to report everything that's going on in professional wrestling. And they're supposed to be an entertainment show. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous how far this has gone. WWE is looking better every single week. And with AE and, and with WWE's uh, Extreme Rules coming up uh, this coming Saturday night, hey, look at this. They've got a show with six matches, seven matches if possible. They have performed great on these pay-per-views and all of their pay-per-views, AEW, they had to throw in like 14 to 15 matches just to get it in there. When 14, uh, 7 out of the 14 should have just remained and the rest should have just been on Dynamite or on Dark. It's ridiculous. The, the, whole point, the whole point is, before we move on to the next thing, is this. The state of this rest, the, of professional wrestling right now is this. The WWE is doing good. It's going to continue to bring in new stars. It's going to continue to captivate the audience. It's going to continue to be providing some of the best matches and some of the best shows. Now, true, it's not going to get, you know, Raw or SmackDown may not get better, but it's slowly trying to get back to where it needs to be at. And I'm not saying it's going to go back to the days of the Attitude Era, okay? They're just trying to at least get... Uh, a million, two million viewers on Monday Night Raw. SmackDown has already got like 2.4 million in their arsenal, and that's good. NXT is getting a whole lot better in the past couple of weeks. 
And it's going to get a whole lot better when NXT's Halloween Havoc happens in the next couple of weeks, which we will talk about in this episode. AEW, though. Oh, my God. Dude. My personal opinion on this is this. Look, Dynamite, they need to reestablish Dynamite. Rampage, they need to get rid of it. Oh, and by the way, and we'll probably talk about this later on, Battle of the Belts. Oh, my God. They're going to actually have Battle of the Belts on Friday. So you got Rampage, and this is what I, this is what I know. Friday is going to be Bound for Glory, SmackDown, Rampage, and Battle of the Belts. And that's all going to happen. And, and you know what, what two events I'm going to be watching? I'm going to be watching Bound for Glory, and I'm going to be watching SmackDown. I really, don't, I really can't care much about Rampage. Or even Battle of the Belts. What's the point? What's the, what's the point of even having Battle of the Belts at all? They don't need to have that at all. They just need to. If you want Battle of the Belts, make that a whole pay-per-view and you have yourself a match. And how about this? How about get all of your champions at Battle of the Belts and have them defend the championships on that fucking day? That would be something to check out, right? Oh, man. The state of the WWE is doing fine. They ain't going anywhere. As far as the state of AEW, you need an improvement. You need an improvement. I know some people are going to say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And everything else like that. Look, this is to all you AEW morons. Go fuck yourselves, all right? You don't know what the fuck's happening in professional wrestling. I may not know what's going on in professional wrestling, but at least I know what I actually want. You know what I want? I want things to make sense. I want things to look good. You're not going to get every show to look good at all times, okay? You're either going to get a good show for one day and then get a bad show the next, or you're going to get a bad show the next and get a good show the following week. And this goes to WWE and to the AEW. This crap has got to stop. And all I, all I can say is, look, I'm still a wrestling fan. That doesn't change. WWE is going to do fine. And don't be surprised if it does fine in the next few months and the end of 2022. AEW will either sink or swim. And believe me, they are going to sink to a point where they need to swim all the way. Okay, now that we got all the BS out of the way, now that we got some of the news that the main event talk has already got out of the way, we've got some more wrestling news. And to help out with that, we're going to go to the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network, and we're going to get into the wrestling news for Thursday, October 6th, and we're going to hand it over to Mike Sempervini with the wrestling news going on all over the world. Mike Sempervini, take it away. Arcadian Vanguard presents The Wrestling News and your daily wrestling newscast for Thursday, October 6, 2022. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin today with the latest developments from yesterday's top story. A physical altercation broke out backstage last night between Andrade El Idolo and Sammy Guevara at AEW's Dynamite event 
which took place at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington, D.C. The incident, which took place before the show went on the air, led to Andrade being sent home from the event, according to an exclusive TMZ report filed minutes before Dynamite went live on the air. TMZ sources indicated that the fight was genuine and not part of an AEW storyline. The confrontation between the two wrestlers began verbally, with Guevara then allegedly shoving Andrade, after which punches were thrown. Dave Meltzer reported on this morning's Wrestling Observer Radio that both were warned on Tuesday about staying professional in the locker room, and Meltzer added that Andrade was waiting for Guevara in the hallway and threw two punches at Guevara before the fight was broken up. The conflict between Guevara and Andrade became public over the weekend when the two men became engaged in a Twitter war of words arising from an interview Andrade gave on Friday in which he was critical of Guevara. Andrade was scheduled to face 10 of the Dark Order in a career versus mask match to be aired on Friday's Rampage, but the match was canceled by Tony Khan via Twitter. According to this morning's Wrestling Observer Radio, the career versus mask stipulations were added to the match last week to play off of rumors of Andrade wanting to leave the company and return to WWE. The apparent real-life feud follows several other examples of genuine animosity in the AEW locker room, including the post-all-out media scrum brawl involving CM Punk, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, as well as another conflict involving Guevara and Eddie Kingston, which resulted in a suspension for Kingston in August. We'll keep you informed as this story continues to unfold. Last night's Dynamite served as the program's third anniversary show and featured an extra 15 minutes added to the TBS broadcast. Sammy Guevara wrestled in the main event, teaming with ROH world champion Chris Jericho to defeat Brian Danielson and former Jericho Appreciation Society member Daniel Garcia. The win came when Guevara pinned Garcia after Jericho had hit Garcia in the head with his ROH title belt. Can he hang on long enough to make him? Oh, no honor at all there with that Ring of Honor World title by Jericho. Come on, just exactly what I talked about in the interview earlier. The referee was looking towards the competition. She didn't see it, Excalibur. And now she did it, and, and Brian Danielson's still down through the timekeeper's table. Sammy Guevara covers and gets the win. Championship is it's as high as profile it's ever been, but if it's gonna be like this, I, I, I this isn't the Ring of Honor I remember. Soraya got physically involved for the first time since arriving in AEW, brawling with Britt Baker and Rebel following the conclusion of a trios match in which Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale defeated Jamie Hayter, Serena Deeb, and Penelope Ford. Soraya had accompanied Storm, Athena, and Nightingale to the ring for the match. Nightingale got the win for her team, pinning Ford, and later in the broadcast, issued a challenge to TBS champion Jade Cargill. Number one contender to the AEW world title, Hangman Adam Page defeated Roosh after a buckshot lariat. Following the match, Page was confronted by heavyweight champion John Moxley. I've been waiting for this for three years. Three years of AEW Dynamite. Three years of watching you, three years of studying you because I knew this was coming. Three years of us circling each other. 
You know, between the two of us, we've beaten just about everybody there is to beat here in AEW. Except each other. Opening the program in his first match on Dynamite since April, MJF defeated Wheeler Utah of the Blackpool Combat Club by submission with a modified Salt of the Earth armbar. MJF's firm faction attacked Utah after the match, but were run off by Blackpool Combat Club leader William Regal. In other results, TNT champion Wardlow defended his title over Brian Cage in Cage's first match on Dynamite since September of 2021. Darby Allen pinned Jay Lethal, and Luchasaurus pinned Fuego Del Sol. Jungle Boy Jack Perry confronted Luchasaurus after his victory, and the two men agreed to face each other on next week's Dynamite from Toronto. As of yesterday morning, Russell Ticks reported that 2,903 tickets had been distributed for last night's Dynamite event, with 681 tickets remaining available. With more AEW news, here is the Wrestling News' Lou Kippelman. Popular masked luchador Bandito has agreed to terms to join AEW's roster, according to a report from Fightful Select. It had previously been reported that there was strong interest in Bandito from Tony Khan, following Bandito's match against Ring of Honor World Champion Chris Jericho on the live September 28th rampage from the Leakura Center in Philadelphia. There is no information yet on what the nature of Bandito's deal might be, or when he might be appearing next on AEW or ROH TV, but we will keep you posted. For the wrestling news, I'm Lou Kippelman. In ratings news, NXT fell to its lowest rating in nearly two months, both in overall viewership and in the key 18 to 49 year old demographic. According to Showbuzz Daily, Tuesday night's edition, the first live episode in three weeks, drew 625,000 viewers on the USA Network, down from 660,000 for last week's pre-taped episode. The rating in the key demo was 0.13, translating to about 170,000 viewers, and down from last week's 0.16 rating, according to Russellnomics. The show ranked number 30 on cable TV in the key demo for the evening, down from number 14 last week. However, the show rose in the ranks in overall viewership on cable for the night, going from number 77 last week to number 59 this week. This was the lowest NXT rating since August 9th in both overall viewership and in the 18-49 to 49 demographic. According to Post Wrestling's John Pollock, in Canada, NXT on Rogers Sportsnet 360 averaged 56,000 viewers, up from 42,000 last week, including 32,000 in the 25 to 50 year old demographic. Overnight ratings also came in yesterday for the premiere of Vice TV's new wrestling documentary series, Tales from the Territories, which drew 113,000 viewers with a .05 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, according to PW Insider. The audience for the premiere episode was lower than the premiere episodes of all three seasons of Vice's previous wrestling series, Dark Side of the Ring, which drew 154,000, 320,000, and 272,000, respectively. With the WWE news, here's the wrestling news' Luke Ippelman. Freddie Prince Jr. confirmed on his podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, yesterday, that he'd been trying to sign Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, for the wrestling promotion startup he's been working on. I am working on filling out a roster, I have a female in place 
that a lot of people know and love? Uh, yeah, I can say that. And everybody knows that I love Bray. And it was basically reported that I was the one that made the offer. And sure, I'll confirm that. I've, I've put out an offer there. And I think it's a creative offer. Prince indicated that he has had interest in centering his promotion around Wyatt, but will find someone else if he cannot secure Wyatt for the role. The topic came up on the podcast during a discussion of the White Rabbit promos airing recently on WWE programming, which are heavily rumored to be pointing toward an imminent return of Bray Wyatt to the company. During October, WWE will be celebrating 25 years of Kane in honor of Glenn Jacobs' debut as the Kane character in In Your House, Bad Blood on October 5, 1997. According to a press release yesterday, the celebration will include Kane-themed installments of WWE Top 10 and WWE Playlist, flashback videos of memorable Kane moments shown on WWE TV, as well as the use of the hashtag Kane25. Jacobs, currently in a second term as the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, was a three-time world champion in WWE as Kane, as well as a 12-time world tag team champion, two-time intercontinental champion, and a Money in the Bank winner. He was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame last year. Although the Kane persona debuted in 1997, Jacobs had been on the WWF roster for two years prior, appearing as Isaac Yankum, DDS, and the second version of Diesel. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman. In news from Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced an eight-match card for their upcoming NJPW Strong Television tapings taking place in Los Angeles on October 16th. New Japan legend Hiroshi Tanahashi returns to the United States to face Gabriel Kidd in what's currently being listed as the main event of the card. It marks Tanahashi's first appearance in the country since June when he came to the States for New Japan Strong TV tapings in Los Angeles before appearing at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view in Chicago where he faced John Moxley in a decision match for the AEW Interim World Championship. The New Japan Strong tapings are being held at the Vermont Hollywood in Los Angeles and are subtitled Showdown, which has been the name of the company's November American tapings since 2020. Other matches announced for the show include Minoru Suzuki against Fred Yehai, Tom Lawler faces Homicide, Juice Robinson against Jake Something, and in a tag team match, Mascara Dorada and Blake Christian face off against El Fantasmo and Chris Bay. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The wrestling news can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the Wrestling News across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the Wrestling News. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.
former two-time Impact World Champion. One looks to retain the title, the other looks to reclaim it. Josh Alexander battles Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Championship. Impact Wrestling presents Battle for Glory live Friday, October 7th on Pay-Per-View and Friday. Okay, now let's go ahead and talk about Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory happening uh, tomorrow night on uh, Pay-Per-View. Uh, usually when you get to see Bound for Glory, it would happen either on Sunday or Saturday. And in this case, I thought it was going to be on a Saturday, but it looks like it's going to be taking place tomorrow. So that's the reason why this episode is being released now, as opposed to what's going to happen. So... Here's what's going to happen at Bound for Glory happening tomorrow night on pay-per-view. Now, as this episode's being released, uh, there is going to be an episode of Impact Wrestling happening on Access TV. Uh, it's going to be the last one before Bound for Glory takes place. So, let's uh, look into what match is going to be taking place at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. And no doubt there's going to be several changes coming up at Bound for Glory this coming Friday. Okay, so let's begin with this match right here. It's an open challenge singles match for the Impact Wrestling Digital Media Championship. Brian Myers will be defending his championship. The question is, who will his opponent be? It could be anybody, anywhere, anytime. What is my prediction? What is my thought? How does this go? It really doesn't matter as far as I'm concerned. I think Brian Myers will probably still walk away with the championship. But if it's a, if it's, if it's a big surprise, I guarantee you we'll have a new champion either way possible. This one is uh, – uh, we'll talk about this one at the, at the end of the conclusion here um, because it's for the Impact Wrestling World title. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, next matchup is for, let's see, call for, uh, call your shot gauntlet. Uh, 20 superstars, intergender gauntlet battle royal. The winner receive a trophy and a contract they can invoke anytime within one year for a championship match of their choosing. Now, none of the 20 superstars have been announced, but no doubt we'll probably find out who those 20 superstars uh, will be this coming Friday on Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. We'll find out about that. Uh, let's see. Tag team match for the Impact Knockouts World Champion Tag Team Championship. It's going to be VXT of Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo to take on the team of Taya Valkyrie and Jessica. Jessica Havoc, if you will, with Rosemary in their corner. Um, this will be interesting to call. Uh, I've seen several of the promos. I've seen several of the videos that they've done. Uh, shut up. My apologies. Dogs are barking like crazy, and I can't seem to get through without any fucking noise, you silly bastard. And, and that includes you, you silly cat. Yes, there's a silly cat right here next to me. Anyways, um... The matchup, I think this is probably going to end up, if I were to guess it, would be, um, um, I'm going to actually go with the VXT in this one, simply because they've been champions for, 
I think they've been champions for about two months so far, and it would be ridiculous for them to lose it, to lose the tag team titles in every way possible. So I see VXT, Chelsea Green, and Deanna Perazzo to retain the knockouts tag team championships. Oh, <clears throat> sorry, I just had something to eat there. Uh, Career-threatening match. If Mickey James loses, she will retire from in-ring competition. And her opponent will be Mia Yim. That's going to take place at Bound for Glory. Uh, singles match for the Impact X Division Championship. It's going to be Mike Bailey, the champion, will be defending his championship against Frankie Kazarian, who's also a former, I believe he's a former three-time uh, X Division champion. Uh, I think this is going to be an exciting bout right here. Uh, I'm looking for Mike Bailey to win the championship still, retain it against a, a veteran like uh, Frankie Kazarian. He's going to be learning a whole lot. Uh, Frankie, of course, he's been not just a former X Division champion, he's also been a former tag team champion, uh, one of the TNA originals from back in the day. So there's going to be a lot to uh, uh, to offer. It's going to be an exciting matchup right here. Uh, speaking of exciting matches, tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championship is going to consist of the members of Honor No More, of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett of the OG, to t uh, with Maria Canellas to take on the former Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions of Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Uh, this will be an incredible match. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns did make their return here about two years ago on Bound for Glory, so no doubt we'll probably see them make the um, make a chance at the tag team titles. But my guess is, just to kind of reiterate on this one, I think we'll probably see Honor No More walk away with those tag team titles still. So I'm predicting that um, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are going to walk away uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett will walk away with those tag team titles. Interference or not, I think it's going to have uh, them retain those titles in every way possible. So we're going to see, we're still going to see them walk away with the tag team titles. Okay, uh, this one's going to be an interesting matchup for the Knockouts World Championship. It's going to be Jordan Grace to go one-on-one -on -one against Masha Slamovich. Uh, I've seen who she looks like. I know what she is and everything else like that. Uh, all I know is I hope Jordan Grace walks away with the title. That's it. It's not going to, it won't be a surprise if Masha, <laughs> it's so funny to say that, Masha walks away with the championship, but I think Jordan Grace will walk away with the title either way possible. And it's not just, and, and it's not just because she's from Texas. Just have myself a drink here. And this one is definitely going to be the one to steal the show right here. Uh, Josh Alexander go one-on-one -on -one against Eddie Edwards. This one's going to be a fantastic match uh, for several reasons, obviously, because um, I love Josh Alexander. I think he's a fantastic wrestler. He's almost like a combination of a of a Kurt Angle, of a Benoit, of a... Um, uh, maybe a Chad Gable, maybe he's an, he's truly one of the best wrestlers going in impact wrestling. He has, he won the championship one year ago and then lost it and then gained it back several months ago in 2022. 
and he has been an unstoppable force in Impact Wrestling, and he has defended his championship against all comers, and he has taken down every single individual that has stepped in his way. Now, Eddie Edwards, who is a part of uh, Honor No More, is a former two-time Impact Wrestling World Champion, so he knows what it's like to wear the championship gold, but I don't think Eddie Edwards has any idea what he's getting himself into in any way possible. But he is a he is a former champion. He is also a veteran. Uh, of course, he was a part of the American Wolves many, many years ago and everything. Tag team champion, X Division champion. He's held on to every championship here at Impact Wrestling, and he is looking to stake his claim as the new world heavyweight champion. Now, I think what will happen, I'm going to actually, as much as I'd love for Josh Alexander to become the champion, I think there needs to be a change in the guard at, at Bound for Glory. I think what needs to happen is, and I'm, I'm predicting this and I'm, I'm going to state this because I think it will happen. I'm going to go with Eddie Edwards. Here's my reasons. Now, Josh Alexander is a tremendous athlete. So he's the walking weapon for a reason. He, he is everything that you ever expected and more. But the reason why I'm picking him, the reason why I'm picking him is because Eddie Edwards has got a lot of momentum going with Honor No More. They have claimed the tag team titles. This is basically... This is basically, Honor No More is basically like, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the NWO, maybe Aces and Eights perhaps, somewhere around that level, um, because of the takeover, because of the fact that they want to not only take over Impact Wrestling, but they want to dismantle it in any way that they possibly can. So in this match, I expect Eddie Edwards and Josh Alexander to put on one hell of a show at Bound for Glory. I expect them to put on one fantastic performance at Bound for Glory. Now, this is not going to be this is not going to be the best Bound for Glory ever. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that what I'm saying is that this is going to be going to be one of the best. You know, and I have um, I'm a huge fan of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. I have seen several of the Bound for Glory pay-per-views back in the day. I still remember the first one that I saw, uh, the very first one that took place back in 2005 when Rhino had went through a gauntlet match to become uh, to get his opportunity at the NWA World Heavyweight title. And he won his first championship at Bound for Glory. Uh, in 2005, that was about, um, I would say, what, 13 years ago, I think. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, that was eight, eight, 18, 15 years ago, I think, to be exact. I could be wrong and everything. But uh, that but that was some great, uh, there was some great, great uh, Bound for Glory matches. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Sting. Many, many years ago. How about Sting versus uh, Samoa Joe back in the day? How about the triple threat match for the Impact Wrestling World Championship when you had Mr. Kennedy, Jeff Hardy, and um, Rob Van Dam, I believe, uh, that took place on Bound for Glory. So this one will be no exception. I think we'll, uh, we'll see a great match in uh, Josh Alexander and Eddie Edwards. I think this is the one that's going to steal the show. Uh, do I expect any surprises to take place 
at Bound for Glory? Uh, yes, definitely, because uh, Bound for Glory has always been known for not only some spectacular matches, but also there's going to be several big surprises to take place at Bound for Glory. No doubt we know that uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bobby Fish made an appearance over at, at Victory Road just a couple of weeks ago. So no doubt we'll probably see more surprises coming along the way for Impact Wrestling. So it's going to be epic to check that out and everything. So be ready, guys. Bound for Glory is going to happen live tomorrow night, live on pay-per-view. Get a chance to check out the pay-per-view as it happens. You can also check out the countdown shows that happens on YouTube. It's probably going to happen around, I believe the event will start around... Uh, let's see, 6.30 will be the countdown show, and 7 o'clock will be the event. Now, that's that's here in Corpus Christi. Uh, when If you check it out, you'll see it at 6.30. You'll see the entire event that takes place on pay-per-view around 7 o'clock, and it'll end around 10 o'clock. So it'll be a three-hour event, no doubt. And I'm going to be watching this event at the same time as SmackDown as it happens. Now, will I watch Rampage? Well, we'll see. We'll We'll see. Well, that's that's all I can say. We'll see. We'll see how it rolls and everything else like that. Bound for Glory happening live only on pay-per-view. Okay, so we got the Bound for Glory news out of the way. Let's go ahead and look into some other stuff and everything going on in the world of professional wrestling right now. And now, as I talked about earlier, um, we know Bound for Glory is happening uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we know that uh, Impact Wrestling is going to be having a show uh, as as this episode is being released, no doubt the episode is taking place right now as we speak. But I wanted to talk about the next event that's going to happen. Now, uh, we know that, let's see here, uh, All Elite Wrestling is going to have Battle of the Belts. Now, I was not going to talk about this, but since this is right here in front of me and since I see it right here, Twitter is um, uh, right in front of me on my laptop computer. So I thought I'd go ahead and give you the latest news on here. It says here on Twitter, AEW Battle of the Belts 4 is tomorrow live at 11 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central following the Rampage on TNT. Uh, All Atlantic title will be on the line. The Bastard Pack will take on Trent Beretta. ROH World Tag Team titles will be on the line as FTR takes on the Gates of Agony. And, of course, the TBS Championship will be in the lane. Jane Cargill will defend her championship against Willow Nightingale. That's going to happen all uh, tomorrow night as well. Uh, I'm not going to be able to watch this, and I, I could care less if I watch this. And let me let me kind of explain why, because when you've got SmackDown coming up, you got, let's see, you got Bound for Glory happening at the same time as SmackDown. And then after that, you have to choose to either watch Rampage or continue to watch the paper. I'll probably be able to watch Battle of the Belts right after everything's over. Because when you think about this extremely close, Bound for Glory is going to happen. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Bound for Glory is going to happen uh, right around, I think, 7 o'clock at the same time as SmackDown. But Bound for Glory is going to be a three-hour pay-per-view, so it will end around 10 o'clock. So around that time, SmackDown will be uh, from 7 to 9 9 p.m. And then 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. will be Rampage. And then 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. will be... um, will be Battle of the Belt, so we'll probably be able to check it out and we'll see how that goes, right? So 
that's all that's going to take place right here. Now, uh, there is some sad news to report, and I want to go ahead and get this out of the way because uh, I was retweeting this er- earlier, <clears throat> and no doubt the news has been breaking out already um, for the past few hours. Uh, Sarah Lee had uh, passed away um, uh, today uh, as this episode's being released right now. Uh, I was retweeting some stuff earlier today about this. Let me see if we can look into this a little bit more here. Let's see. Uh, there's some other news that we're going to get into in a minute, but let's let's talk about Let's see if we can... Because I'm on my Twitter right now, and I'm checking out some of the stuff that's happening. Okay, here we go. Um, R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Sarah Lee. Now, uh, these are some tweets that were uh, brought in by the following... Uh, Bull James, uh, I believe that is, um, I believe that's her husband, if I'm not mistaken correctly. It says here, Sarah Lee's funeral uh, fun organized by Bull Lee. Okay, so he's organizing this and everything. So that's, uh, it says here, every little bit helps R.I.P. Sarah with a heart. And uh, let's see here. Also, uh, WWE Tough Enough uh, 2015 winner Sarah Lee has sadly passed away at the age of 30. Uh, she shared, uh, has shared by her mother on Facebook. Um, let me see if we can uh, look into this a little bit more. Uh, there's just a picture right there. Okay, so let's. Um, there was a picture right here. Okay, here we go. Uh, it says here, uh, I'm reading this right here. It says, it is with heavy hearts we wanted to share that our Sarah Weston, who is known as Sarah Lee, has gone to be with Jesus. We are all in shock and uh, arrangements are not complete. We ask that you respectfully let our family more. We all need prayers, especially Corey and her children. So that was uh, what was uh, said right here on Twitter. Uh, Paige had also wanted to extend um, her condolences right here on Twitter. It says here, um, this is heartbreak. <clears throat> this is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is heartbreakingly tragic. Uh, sending love to her family. Very sweet human being who I got the pleasure to know and work with. R.I.P. Sarah Lee. Uh, that's from... Um, that's from... Uh, what you call it? Paige? <clears throat> or uh, Soraya? However it goes. And another tweet here that says, Sarah Lee posted this just two days ago. R.I.P. Sweet Angel... Uh, my heart breaks to her family, man. Uh, she has uh, the loveliest and my fave on Tough Enough. Uh, send love and strength to Wes and uh, the three ch- uh, the three kids. My condolences. This is so uh, freaking sad. Uh, 30 is too damn young. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm just going to continue on with the tweet here. Uh, of course, Ryback says something. Uh, well, you know, it's it's kind of positive, but I don't want to go. I don't want to read into anything that he says. It's completely ridiculous, right here. Um, several other tweets from everybody else and everything. Uh, the passing of Sarah Lee, way too young. She died at the age of thirty. 
uh, several of mine. I think, let me see if I remember this correctly here. Uh, the Weston Blake, I think if this is, this is probably the same one that was fired. Yeah, this is the same one. Uh, this was the same one that was um, fired by WWE several years ago. Uh, because of some stuff and everything. I think this is the same one. I might be wrong. Uh, he's from San Antonio, Texas. Let's see here. Uh, I was looking into this. This is, um, yeah, this is Sarah Lee's, uh, page right here. Uh, the last tweet took place, uh, August 21st. Um, uh, I believe she was at a My Chemical Romance show. So that's what I was looking at, looking into right now. So um, let me see if we can continue on here with more. Let's see. Several other people have been uh, tweeting on as well. Now, as this is taking place, uh, we don't know. We do not know the extent of what happened to Sarah. Um, I'm. She died at the age of 30. There has not been any uh, reports of any kind that I see as to what was the cause of death. All we know right now is the fact that um, uh, she had passed away at the age of 30, which was a very young age. But <clears throat> we don't know what happened. We don't know if she was in a car accident. Uh, we don't know if she died of natural causes. We don't know uh, what the extent is that has happened. But uh, we here at the Main Event Talk would like to send our condolences to the family of Sarah Lee, uh, and we are very, very sorry for their loss and everything. And uh, we send out, uh, we send out nothing but positive vibes and prayers out to the family at this time. And um, we wish them nothing but the best. Uh, we're hoping um, if we find out, <coughs> and if we find out any sort of information in regards to this, um, hopefully we find out. Um, uh, what has taken place and everything, but it's because this is kind of, it's kind of crazy um, that all this has uh, happened, and there has not been any sort of uh, reason as to why. But we will, we will try to look into this as best we can. Okay, so uh, let's see. Okay, so we got that that sort of news out of the way. Let's see if we can get it some more news here, if you will. Now. Um, I want to go ahead and get this uh, <clears throat> this part of the news out of the way because, uh, as we know, the season premiere is going to be happening tomorrow night. Uh, we know that Bound for Glory is going to be happening tomorrow night. We know that the season premiere of SmackDown is going to be happening tomorrow night as well. So let me see if we can look into this stuff here. In the corner of the eye of the WWE, <clears throat> looking into their Twitter page right now and everything. Um, okay. Uh, it says here, uh, this is a tweet from Roman. It says here, face-to-face, -face, my ring, my show, uh, hashtag God mode, hashtag SmackDown. Roman Reigns is looking forward to his face-to-face -face encounter with Logan Paul. You know that these two individuals are going to be competing against each other for the undisputed Universal Championship at Crown Jewel, which is going to take place in November. I mean, it's going to be looking forward to checking out that. Cannot wait to see how it rolls. Okay. Um... Uh, several things I was looking into. Uh, see Edge right there. Um, oh, uh, if you've heard of that show, this is awesome. Uh, they're they're doing something on weddings and everything. And speaking of weddings, there's going to be something that's going to take place uh, over there. Uh, let's see here. Um, Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. 
Uh-huh. No, that's the bump right here. Okay, now, <clears throat> I want to mention this right here, right now. Uh, so, I mentioned about the season premiere. Uh, Michael Cole will no longer be uh, hosting with Corey Graves. And the reason for that is with the season premiere coming up <clears throat> tomorrow... Uh, there is a new list of people that are going to be involved with SmackDown right here. Of course, Michael Cole is going to be the lead announcer. Replacing Corey Graves will be none other than NXT's own Wade Barrett, who also you, you might know him quite well as King Barrett of Bad News, uh, Bad News Barrett. He's going to be a part of the commentary team with Michael Cole. It's going to be interesting right there. Of course, we got... Um, uh, Samantha Irwin right there, uh, Kayla Braxton there, and Mackenzie Mitchell. I think that's. I no, I think it's a. What? How is it that I mistaken Mackenzie Mitchell for Sarah? That's that's crazy, right? So that's going to be the announce team for Mon for SmackDown. Now the new announce team for Monday Night Raw has been announced, and this is going to be interesting because I've been waiting for this for a while now, and this is going to be good. Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick, who has been the announcer, I think was the announcer in NXT UK, who was also uh, the announcer for Monday Night Raw, who is now taking the lead role as the head commentary for Monday Night Raw alongside with Byron Saxon and Corey Graves. And, of course, uh, there's a huge surprise right here, and uh, I just saw this right now, and I'd like to go ahead and announce it. Uh, Kathy Kelly. Kathy Kelly is back, and she is now part of Monday Night Raw, and that's amazing. You know, it's cool. I haven't, I've not seen Kathy Kelly uh, since her last days in NXT, which was, I think, 2019, 2020. Been a long, long time. Uh, very, very interesting to see that, so I uh, can't wait to look into that and everything. And, of course, uh, we got the NXT roster now. I mentioned earlier that Wade Barrett was a part of NXT. Uh, he was the announcer for it, but now Vic Joseph is going to be working with another announcer. The new announcer is none other than the five-time former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, also two-time WWE Hall of Famer. He is also the man who owns his own promotion known as Reality of Wrestling. I'm talking about the five-time WCW Champion, Booker T, or as we like to call him, King Booker. Yeah. King Booker's going to be a part of NXT alongside with... Um, I believe, let's see, Booker T alongside with Vic Joseph, McKenzie. Okay, that's who McKenzie Mitchell is. So that means it was Sarah that I saw on SmackDown. Okay, so it's going to be McKenzie Mitchell and Alicia Taylor. So that's going to be the brand new announcing team for Friday Night SmackDown. Now, a couple of other things we need to talk about here. Uh, you noticed that I did not mention... Uh, Jimmy, <clears throat> Jimmy James, uh, or Jimmy, is it Jimmy, Jimmy James? That's who it is, right? Let me see if I can, um, pull this up real quick because I, I had saw this earlier and I think, um, let me see. Yes, I see the announced team. Uh, new toys being delivered for WWE. Nice, nice, extremely nice. Okay, so let's see. Let's look into a couple of other things here. Nope. Yeah, well, that's interesting right there. We'll get back to this in a second. Let's see if we could... Jimmy Smith, there we go. 
Now, as you know, Jimmy Smith was the um, was the lead announcer for Monday Night Raw. His last announcing had took place this past Monday night on Raw. And he tweeted out this, and it says here from uh, Jimmy Smith's Twitter, it says, Just wanted to say now that the story is officially out, that my time with WWE is officially done. Had a lot of fun and met some great people. Really and truly blown away by the acceptance from the WWE fans. You folks make it work every week and your enthusiasm is amazing. And um, I went ahead, when I saw that, I wanted to go ahead and uh, put out my comment about this because, uh, <clears throat> you know, because I admit that I, I, I like Jimmy Smith. I thought he was a good commentator for Monday Night Raw and I, and I thought I would see about at least about another two, three years of, of um, Jimmy Smith. But I guess uh, I'm not sure exactly what the uh, backstage deal is behind it. But uh, hopefully it'll be revealed very very soon. But let's uh, let me look into my let me look into the tweet that I gave to uh, Jimmy Smith, and it says here, and I put this down on main event uh, on main event player on Twitter. Man, sorry to hear that, Jimmy. I thought you did a tremendous job on Monday Night Raw, but if this is the last time, then so be it. I hope we see more of you in the future in WWE or in professional wrestling in general. You were very, you were very good, and he is. You know, I, I said that I meant that with uh, with every fiber of my being. So you know, that's all the latest news going on in the world of professional wrestling. We know what's taking place here. Let me <clears throat> go ahead and get this out of the way here. Uh huh. Okay, so, so far we know that, uh, speaking of Friday Night SmackDown, speaking of, you know, the new commentary team, you know what's about to take place on SmackDown, but um, let's see if we look into some of the things that are going to be happening in the next few hours, because as you guys know, we have a new commentary team, so now we have Roman Reigns going face-to-face with Logan Paul, that's going to be happening uh, tomorrow night as we state, Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm also reading into some other stuff here. It says here, PW Insider, the current plans is Legado del Fantasma to debut for SmackDown brand as soon as tomorrow night's season premiere. So that means there could be a possibility that we could see Legado del Fantasma on Friday night SmackDown. It is going to be awesome. We talked about we talked about the whole thing with Andrade earlier, and you know uh, the whole thing with the Latino. Uh, heritage and stuff. It's going to be awesome to see Legado del Fantasma. And who knows? They may feud with Hit Row again. And maybe they'll do it right this time if they can. But it's going to be great. Uh, Legado del Fantasma consists of uh, Santos Escobar, um, Del Dela Cruz, uh, uh, Electra Lopez, and I forgot who the other one was. <clears throat> Uh, my apologies right there. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to check out right here. Uh, yes, that's what it says right here. Everyone's been talking about it. The breaking news about uh, Legato Del Fantasma showing up. Now, let's see here if we can uh, find out what's going to happen on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem like there's anything here that I see that's... Um, uh, 
that I'm aware of anyway, so let's see here. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I just had myself uh, uh, something to eat earlier. Had myself some uh, Papa John's pizza. Get it rolling, you know? <coughs> okay, so let's see here. Uh, still trying to look into some stuff here, trying to see what we can find. Because so far we know that... Um, Okay, um, <clears throat> let me go ahead and uh, play this off for you right here, so that way you guys will know what's about to take place tomorrow night, I'm sorry, what's about to take place tomorrow night on Friday Night Smackdown, let's go ahead and play that right now. It's time, it's time to step up. The season premiere of Friday Night Smackdown undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and social media megastar, Logan Paul, face to face in the ring for the first time ever. I'm going to show you what God mode really looks like. Okay, that's going to take place over at uh, <clears throat> Worcester, Massachusetts. Sorry, choking up right here. But yeah, that's going to happen uh, tomorrow night on Friday Night SmackDown, the face-to-face encounter with uh, Logan Paul and the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. And besides that, the one match that I'm looking forward to checking out and I'm hoping to get an opportunity to see this, I'm hoping my brother will get a chance to see this, is the rematch for the Intercontinental Champion, uh, the Intercontinental Championship that took place over... At Clash of the Castle, the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, will go one-on-one against Sheamus in what's going to be a hard-hitting bout. And the main event is going to be looking forward to checking that out as it takes place on Friday Night SmackDown. So far, that's that's all we know right now. At this point in time, I uh, don't know what else is going to happen, but hopefully we find out some more news about this breaking development and everything else like that. But for right now, that's all that's going to take place. You know what's going to happen over at uh, Bound for Glory. You know what's going to happen on Friday Night SmackDown. <coughs> Sorry. You also know what's going to happen over <coughs> at Battle of the Belts. So the main event's going to be looking forward to checking out those events along with Bound for, Bound for Glory and much, much more. So with that being said, we're done with this section for right now. But when the main event returns, we're going to get into WWE Extreme, Ro- Extreme Rules to find out what's going to happen, what match is going to happen, and give you my predictions on all those matches right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, so let me go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get this out of the way as soon as possible because we know that this coming uh, this coming Monday is the 25th anniversary, the 25th anniversary of Degeneration X, and I know there's a lot of people that are wondering my thoughts on the fact that there is going to be a DX reunion that that will feature Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog. X-Pac, no ravishing Rick Rude, he's dead, no China, she's dead, and no Billy Gunn, who is currently working with AEW. Now, 
let me let me also reiterate on a couple of things here, if you will. Okay, let me get this out of the way. How you know people are starting to get re- really weird about this because they're all they're all mentioning a- ignore the noise in the background. That's just uh, you know the trash man fucking things up while I'm trying to get this out of the way. You stupid bastard. Okay, um, people find this weird that Billy Gunn will not be a part of the 25th anniversary of D-Generation X, right? They find that weird, right? They find that so weird. Okay, let's, let's, let's ask the biggest question of them all. How is that weird comparing to the fact that China was never part of the reunion? Huh? How is that weird? You people have decided... You're going to go ahead and say, well, it's weird that Billy Gunn is not a part of it. But yet China was not a part of it 10 years prior. I mean, remember, there was a 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw, which was almost about 10 years ago, as a matter of fact. And China was not a part of the reunion. She wasn't. Okay. Now, there were certain developments that happened. and, And some of us... Some of us know what it is, and for others that wonder what I'm talking about, not just the fact that she was a part of TNA, not that she was a part of other things, and and, and, and she was a part of other organizations, New Japan Pro Wrestling to be exact, but she was also a part of the adult industry. You know what I'm talking about. And people choose to get angry and or mad because Billy Gunn is not a part of the DX reunion. Look, listen, 10 years ago, China was not a part of the DX reunion. So people are, are now insinuating to include Billy Gunn like he's supposed to be there. Here's the thing. If this was a perfect world where it's okay for other talents to show up on AEW, uh, uh, other talents from AEW to show up on WWE, that would be fine. If, number one, it's approved by Tony Khan, and number two, it's approved by the WWE, okay? Now, as far as I see it, as far as I see it, it's going to end up being Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, and X-Pac. Now, it would be nice if Billy Gunn was there. I don't think Billy Gunn has a problem with any of these individuals unless there was something that we're not aware of. Now, you have to remember something. Don't Here's the thing. To all the, all the fans out there, if they want to go ahead and start arguing and getting pissy and getting upset that he's not a part of, of the whole reunion, look, listen. People complain about, about certain reunions in life. Like for instance, let's see. Let's give let's give a few examples. Um, Pantera, for example, Pantera. Let let's focus on that. Pantera. You cannot have a reunion without having the key players involved. You can't have Pantera without Philip Anselmo, without Dimebag Darrow, without Vinnie Paul, without Rex Brown. We can all agree upon that. Now. The Pantera, the Pantera that you're hearing right now, here's the thing. This is a reunion nobody wants. 
okay? I know some people think, well, it's good that we're going to have a Pantera reunion. No, it's not really a reunion. It's just a newly formed Pantera group with Philip Anselmo as the original singer, all right? And Rex Brown still being around. And also, how about this? How about this? How about people complaining about the fact that Van Halen, Van Halen is being done without Michael, Without the bass is Michael, but then, but then you got Wolfgang. It's not really the same, is it? It's weird. Just like how everybody's been talking about this. It's weird. Look, guys. I am not going to sit here and tell you guys what you should do, what you should not do. But I will tell you this. I'll tell you this. If your biggest complaint is the fact that someone from the Generation X is not going to be a part of the of the reunion, then you have way too much free time on your fucking hands, all right? Look, I'm looking forward to this reunion. Look, Billy Gunn's going to get mentioned either way possible. If Look, if Triple H is really running the show, you know what he's going to do, okay? You know what he's going to do. Let me, let me give you something to think about. Do you remember when Shawn Michaels, uh, this was back in 1997, when Shawn Michaels said that, uh, what, what was the comment that he said? That the click rules professional wrestling. And then Kevin Nash, you know, put out the, the two suite to Shawn Michaels and WCW. Remember that? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Triple H and the rest of the members of Degeneration X do mention the road dog. I mean, I do mention Mr. Ass. You know? This is the thing. The internet is unbelievable. The internet, the all these marks, all of these idiots want to continue to have some type of opinion, some type of opinion to the point where they think they're going to get what they want. Look, listen, if your problem is that Billy Gunn's in here, listen, you don't need to complain to Triple H. You do not need to complain to Triple H at all. Zero. Not a damn thing. Because I bet you anything. I bet you anything. I bet you anything that Triple H has tried to get in contact with Tony Khan to ask him to please have Billy Gunn show up over. Can we have him for one night and everything? And we will do something for you. Right? Maybe. Maybe Tony Khan decided, no, we're not going to have Billy Gunn a part of DX. It's not going to happen. If that happens, here's the thing. You shouldn't blame... You should not blame Triple H for anything. You shouldn't even blame the WWE for, for, for this at all. Zero. Not a damn thing. You should blame it on Tony Khan. But if Triple H decides to go ahead and say, Oh, we're not going to have... We're not going to have... Um, Billy Gunn over there. We're not going to have Mr. Ass over there. I'm sorry. I'm very, very sorry. All right? It's it's like... I do not understand why these fans have to get bent out of shape over one member. One member. Look, listen. Listen. You want to know the biggest complaint? 
Let me tell you what the biggest complaint is. How is it that the NWO can be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, but yet you cannot just induct the three original members? You have to have Xbox involved, which Xbox, he only played a small role in the NWO. It's true. Let's let's think about that for a second. You're going to sit here and tell me? I mean, there, there are fans that have complained about that. But nothing was done about it. Nothing was done about it at all. The bottom line is, to all the people, to all the people, you need to listen. If Triple H and Tony Khan came to an agreement and say, we would like to have Billy Gunn for one night to have him appear on Monday Night Raw, and we will, we will advertise you we will put you on notice okay we will mention your name on our show okay and you can mention our name in your show as well as an exchange right or however it works okay now if there's no talk if there's no agreement and they're going to do the dx reunion okay they're going to do the dx reunion okay now here's also something else to think about and i think i said this in the very beginning Billy Gunn was not exactly a key player in in the formation of DX. Hear me out. The original DX, as I mentioned, was China, Ravishing Rick Rude, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. Those were the original members of DX. Now, when the second coming of DX came along, it was Triple H, China, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X-Punk. That was the original lineup that people grew up to love and no. Okay? Now, keep in mind, this 25th anniversary should be celebrated with the individuals that created DX from Shawn Michaels to Triple H. And if you want to include the other members in, that's good. That's fine. You can. Not all of them will be there because some will have prior commitments or some will have issues that we don't know or some may have may have died or passed away. That's something everyone needs to think about. So to close this out, to close this out, here's the thing. Guys, I'm going to watch Monday Night Raw. I'm going to watch the DX reunion. I'm going to be full DX mode, okay? Now, if you are not going to... If you're not going to watch this because Billy Gunn's not there, it shows how ignorant you really, really are. Shows how... Because, look, listen. You can't you can't blame Billy Gunn for this. You can't blame DX for... You can't blame anybody for this. All you are is a bunch of children complaining because you don't see the original DX. Look, like I said 10 years ago, when they did the whole DX reunion on the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw... All the key players were there except for one person. Actually, when you think about it, two people. One was China. China was not there. Rick Rude would have been there too, but he passed away. Okay? Now, here we are 10 years later. There's a DX reunion coming up on the 25th anniversary. And now Billy Gunn is not there. Okay? If, like I said... If Khan and Triple H get together and choose to bring him, okay, it's agreed upon. But if they've not gotten together, okay, they're going to do the DX reunion either way possible. Okay? You guys have to remember, it's not 
our decision. This it will you you can call it weird, you can call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it will still be a DX reunion. It'll still be yes, there will be no Billy Gunn, but you have to understand why there's not going to be a Billy Gunn involved. Okay, but if you're going to complain about it, fine, complain, bitch. Wine, moan, and do whatever the fuck you want to do on Twitter or on Facebook. Because at the end of the day, everyone will get over this when the DX reunion stuff is done and finished. Okay? That's it. All right? And if you're not done with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. Here's the problem. The problem is, is that I don't appreciate... When people that I either have never heard of and don't know me, or that I know and have always treated fairly and politely and in a professional manner, knock me, lie about me, or say bullshit about me that I don't deserve to be said by them. Everybody hates me like I'm Jim Right, motherfucker, call me. 
So fuck you, anybody that likes you, anybody that looks like you, anybody that's on your fucking side. Everybody hates me like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered. Who believe that one can take me like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered. Society enrages me like too cornered, like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered. You don't wanna see the truth of me like too cornered, like I'm too cornered, like I'm too cornered. Then if they want to do something better from there, it's up to them. Now, I'm not saying I'm a tough guy, but I will tell you what I think. If I believe that I've treated you fairly, or I've never done anything to you, and you fucking knocked me, or if I, if you lie about me and something I haven't done, plenty of shit that I have done, fucking go ahead and, and pick from. You don't have to make shit up. <laughs> Next Monday, your discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Did there used to be more of us? WWE's most iconic and disruptive faction celebrates 25 years. Plus, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline return to Raw. season premiere of Raw Live in Brooklyn next Monday, 8, 7 Central, only on USA. Well, football season is here, and that means that everybody is going to be going to their house to go ahead and check out some of their favorite football teams, from the Dallas Cowboys to the Houston Texans to the San Francisco 49ers to the Green Bay Packers and much, much more. But why just be at your house and check out the football games? We can go ahead and head over to Rich's Billiards and check out the games themselves. As you guys know, most of the football games that take place on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays. And if you guys want to go to either one of those dates, you can. All you got to do is head over to Rich's Billiards, go check out the game, order yourself some beer, order yourself some food, maybe shoot some pool with some friends and family in every way possible. Now, besides all that, you know that Rich's Billiards, not only do they have some great beers, some great food, some great company, but they also have some great, great events happening in the next few months. You know that in October, there's going to be a big event happening at Rich's Billiards that includes our good friends at Emo Night, and they are fixing to present their biggest Emo Night to date, which will take place live Saturday, October 15th. Be there as early as you can. It will take place live featuring several bands involving, and if you guys want to get there as early as you can, do so Saturday, October 15th. It should be one epic event. And with all that being said, besides all of those things that are going to happen, you can come in and check out some boxing, check out some football, check out some ba basketball, some baseball. We're getting closer and closer to the World Series. So if you guys want to check out the World Series, you can head over to Rich's Billiards and check out everything that happens at my favorite place of all time. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes, the legend continues. This episode is sponsored by the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Sea Kid himself, and I approve this message. Okay, guys, so we went ahead and talked about everything that took uh, that's going to take place over at Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. That's going to be happening tomorrow night. Let's talk about what's going to happen on Saturday night. Saturday night is going to be WWE's 
uh, Extreme Rules, live to take place over in Philadelphia at the Wells, uh, Wells Fargo's Arena. Uh, I'm going to be checking that out fully, <laughs> all, all automatically. I'm not sure if I'm going to have anybody to uh, come with me to check out the event. I'm hoping to have Roman along for the ride and everything else like that. But if he doesn't respond back, that's cool. I understand that in every way possible. So with that being said, let's get into some of the matches that are going to take place at, at Extreme Rules. Now, these are only the six matches that I'm announcing. Now, as this is being recorded, okay, as this episode is being recorded, I'm only showing six of the matches. So expect new matches to happen on Saturday, you know, just to get everything out of the way here. Now, we do not know which one's going to be the main event. We don't know which is going to be where, but we're going to tell you exactly what matches are going to be taking place live on pay-per-view or on Peacock, you know, just to, uh, sorry. This is what happens when you've had some chicken strips and some fries and a side of potatoes. Now, right here, the first matchup is a six-man tag, uh, a six-man tag team match, a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match, and Donnie is nowhere near the building. It's going to be the Brawling Brutes of Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch to take on Imperium, the Intercontinental Champion Gunther. If he's still the Intercontinental Champion, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Now, this one is going to be a, a pretty interesting matchup. Now, I mentioned earlier that uh, I mentioned that um, uh, Gunther is the Intercontinental Champion, and as I'm recording this. Gunther is scheduled to have a match against Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship on the season premiere of SmackDown. Now, that's going to happen tomorrow night as well. Now, the thing is, I won't be able to announce if he's the champion or not. But as I'm announcing this, or as I'm recording this, I'm sorry, I am announcing him as the Intercontinental Champion because I don't know what has happened Afterwards, okay, we don't know if Sheamus will be the champion on Friday or if Gunther will still be the champion, either way possible. But nonetheless, the brawling brutes of Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch are going to be taking on Imperium, which is the Intercontinental Champion Gunther, Luvit Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. Now, who's going to win in this match? Um, if, um, this will be interesting because if I want to go with somebody to walk away in this matchup, this is going to be the first matchup. I get, I guarantee, I guarantee you as I'm, pre I'm predicting this right now, this is going to be the very first match that's going to take place at bound for uh, bound for glory. That's good. That's going to take place at extreme rules. I'm thinking about for glory already. God damn it. It's extreme rules. Fucker. <laughs> Um, let me see. I would actually, who would I go with in this one? I would probably, I'm going to probably go with, I'll go with the brawling brutes in this one. Let me explain why. And I'm not saying that Gunther's going to walk away with the championship, but this is just what I'm thinking 
may happen. Say if SmackDown takes place on Friday, which will be tomorrow, and say Gunther walks away with the Intercontinental Championship and defeats Sheamus once again, right? And then the following day will be Extreme Rules. And say we get this six-man Donnybrook going. It would be atrocious if, if if Imperium were to win. It would be great if they did, but I think it would be a, lo- a whole lot better if the Brawling Brutes were to win. Not only to extend this feud further, to extend this feud further, but also to kind of give the Brawling Brutes a a momentum, you know, give them give them some hope in any way possible. They don't have to lose all the time. I just think that if if Sheamus, like I said, if Sheamus were to lose, right, and say Gunther were to still be the Intercontinental Champion on Friday Night SmackDown, then you would have to get the Brawling Brutes a chance to win at Extreme Rules. So I'm guessing, this is just my guess, if Imperium wins, it's not going to be a surprise. But if the Brawling Brutes were to win, I mean, that would be that would be good because not only would you continue this feud on uh, with the Brawling Brutes, you could also get something going again with uh, Sheamus and Gunther one more time for the Intercontinental Championship. But we'll see how it goes. Nonetheless, the main event is going to go with the Brawling Brutes. They're going to defeat Imperium at Extreme Rules. That's just my thought of it. Now, the next matchup right here is going to consist of an I Quit match. It's going to have the Rated R Superstar, the man that created the Judgment Day a long time ago and now is against the Judgment Day, and he's going to take on one of the members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor. An I Quit match is something I think Edge knows a little bit about. I don't think he's ever quit as far as I know, but I don't think he's ever... Um, let me see here. Um, I'm trying to remember, trying to remember in my head if what what match. I mean, Edge has been a part of many, many matches, many ladder matches, Hell in the Cell matches. He's been a part of many championship matches over the years. Um, this will be interesting to check out. So, who would you want to win in this match? Um. This one's tough because I, I would actually go with Edge winning this one. I would actually go with Edge winning this one. Let me explain why. I don't think Edge needs to lose. Because if you put Edge in a position to lose against Finn Balor in an I quit match, number one, you have to make him say I quit unless you make it controversial in any way possible. If you make it controversial then that's cool. And what I mean by that is um, years ago, and I think it was back in 1999, January to be exact, there was an I quit match that happened between Mick Foley and The Rock. Now, Mick Foley at the time, who was Mankind, was knocked unconscious at the hands of The Rock. There was no way for him to say, I quit. But you heard him say, I quit. But it was a, a a video voice, right? Somebody had apparently recorded his voice, and you know, to have him say the words "I quit," and that's what happened. So in this match, it wouldn't surprise me 
if Edge were to say I quit and were to, you know, use it as a tactic, you know, use it as a like, uh, you know, something to make to make everyone believe that he did quit. Right. But I don't see Edge doing that. I think Edge will make Finn Balor quit. I think this match is going to be fantastic. I think it's going to look good from head to toe. These guys are going to kill each other from left and right. And I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of hoping that there, and you're going to expect it. I'm kind of hoping that there's going to be no interference from Damian Priest or Dominic Mysterio or Rhea Ripley, but you know something like that's going to happen. Now, what about the benefactor of AJ Styles? Is he going to join in with the Judgment Day or not? I personally don't think that AJ Styles is going to join the Judgment Day. I I have my reasons as to why. And there's there's a bit of uh, I think there's a bit of a development that may happen with AJ Styles and I don't think I don't think Finn Balor sees it yet, but if if the rumors are true, AJ Styles could have two more individuals wanting to get their hands on the members of the, of the Judgment Day. And I think some of you may know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, I'm going to go with Edge. I'm going to go with Edge in this one. I think he'll beat Finn Balor. I think this is going to be a fantastic match. It's probably going to last about maybe a good 10, 20 minutes in this matchup. Uh, something's going to go down. If it ends up in controversy, it wouldn't surprise me. But nonetheless, Edge is going to win the I Quit match against Finn Balor. Ladder match for the WWE Women's Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair taking on Bailey. Okay, this one is going to be extremely interesting. Now, this is going to end up in Bailey's favor. Let me let, let's let's all explain why. Let's all explain why. I think a lot of people see the idea that Bailey is going to walk away with this championship. Now. I think it's the right call for Bailey to win the championship. I think it is. Here's why. Bailey has not been champion for a long, long time. Now, also, this is quote unquote unfinished business from a year and a half ago. Now, if you recall, Bailey and Bianca Belair were supposed to have faced off against each other at Money in the Bank. And I believe, if memory serves me correctly, I think the rematch was going to take place in a ladder match, if I'm not mistaken. So now they're picking up the story where they left off, right here. So Bianca Belair will have will have Alexa Bliss and Asuka in their corner, while Bailey will have the members of Damage Control of Dakota Kai and EO Sky. And here, here's my thought of it. I think we, if I'm hoping if WWE is smart, that they'll they'll put these people and just put them out, just leave them out and just let it be the two of them. But like I said, in this match, it's not going to surprise me. It's not going to surprise me at all if Bianca Belair loses to Bailey and Bailey walks away with the championship. Now, I think the reason why I'm picking Bailey in this one is because I think you need to have a new champion in this, in this time right now, because 
Bianca has been champion for a while. She has never truly been beaten other than the fact that Becky Lynch had beat her in the ring, right? And I'm talking about SummerSlam from, from last year. Now, Bianca has been an unstoppable force. She is one of the most beloved superstars in all of WWE. And the fans are really, 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 really getting behind Bianca's. Now, she's not growing stale. That's that's the good thing about Bianca. She's not growing stale. She's, she's up to beat. She's up to speed. She's a tremendous athlete. She's representing the WWE how she needs to represent it. And now, if this comes to a point where these two will lose, well, if these two will put on a good show and Bianca loses to Bailey, it'll be the right call. It'll be the right move to set this feud going, to keep it going to a pace. And my thought is, if these two were to have their feud continue, now, let me give you, let me give you, my straight point mine as to where it's going. Say Bianca loses and Bailey takes the title. You have damage control put damage control on Monday Night Raw and you have it done in the next few months until say January of 2023 where you will see a rematch between these two for the championship. Now, if these two Having if if these two have a championship match that has no gimmicks, no ladders of any kind, then we'll be able to see Bianca Belair walk away with the championship at the Rumble. Now, however, however, let me put this in perspective. Another, let me put this in perspective in another way. A rematch for these two could happen at the Rumble, or here's something to think about: WrestleMania. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but it could be a possibility. It could be a possibility you could see Bayley defend her Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. That could happen. But right now, we're just keeping the options open in every way possible. And yes, we are getting ahead of ourselves, but that's just me thinking ahead like I always do. So, in this match, I'm going to go with Bailey to walk away with the Raw Women's Championship. It'll be under controversy, uh, controversial tactics, that's always. Bianca Belair will lose her Raw Women's Championship to Bailey, and Damage Control will have control of everything on Monday Night Raw. Should be interesting to check out. This coming Saturday night at, a, at WWE Extreme Rules. Now, Strap Match. Drew McIntyre to go one-on-one against Karrion Cross now with Scarlett in, her, in his corner. This one's going to be the first encounter between these two. Now, we know the story. We know about what's going on. Now, just in case nobody knows. Now, let me start off with, uh, let's start with Drew first. We know about his story about what happened at Clash of the Castle? We all agree that Drew McIntyre should should be the WWE champion and not Roman Reigns. We can all agree upon that. But now we know that uh, Drew McIntyre is going to have to come down the card and maybe come back after Roman Reigns sometime in the future. But not as long as Karrion Cross is involved. Now, K- 
Karrion Cross, as you guys know, about one year ago, he had lost the NXT Championship, and then he had moved up to the main roster only to be humiliated and look like a fool and then was released from his contract about one year ago. Now, with Triple H running the show, running the running the ship the way it needs to be run, he brings back Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross comes back better than ever. He looks more menacing than ever before and has Scarlet by his side that he didn't have last year. Now, this is going to be another match. Now, just like the match with Edge and Finn Balor, this is going to steal the show. This is going to be hard-hitting. These men are going to beat the living shit out of each other. They're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, strap each other. Well, not strap each other, but you know what I mean. They're going to take that leather strap and they're going to whip each other like a, like as, as good old JR would say, he's going to whip him like a government mule. What's a government mule anyway? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, these two are going to fail. These two are going to beat the shit out of each other. Now, who do I think will win? Now, now, here's the odd thing that you need to know about this strap match. Um, what sort of strap match will it be? Now, will it be one of those ones where you can win by pinfall or submission? Or is it going to be one of those ones where you know how you would take a leather strap, you would carry somebody... You tap to one corner, tap to one corner, tap to one corner, and tap to the final corner till you win the match. I'm kind of hoping it's something like that. You know why? Because it would be stupid for Drew McIntyre to get pinned. It would be stupid for Karrion Cross to get pinned. But I think it would be amazing if this strap match were to come to a point where you just get it to where you carry your opponent, in a strap, and you carry them to each of the corners until until they get all four corners. But they have not really explained the rules of how this match is going to go. Now, I've had some difficulty trying to decide exactly how this match should go. Some real difficulty, because I don't know who to really root for in this one. Now, now in all honesty, I am a fan of Drew McIntyre. I am a fan of his work. I am also a fan of Karen Cross. I, I love his work. I think he's great, and I think he's uh, the future in WWE. But this one's going to be tough because Drew McIntyre, this would be tough if Drew McIntyre were to lose against Karrion Cross after losing to Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. You know? So it would be extremely tough. So... I had a tough time deciding about how this match is going to roll. So if I were a betting man, I, I, I hate to say this. I don't want to, but I think it's the right call simply because he's here and we got to make him into something as soon as possible. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Drew McIntyre. I think him losing a carrying cross would be bad, but I don't think it would hurt in any way. I don't think it would hurt in any way possible. What I think should happen is I think carrying cross should win the match. I think carrying cross needs to win this match against Drew McIntyre. I think Scarlett has played a major role in this development 
and I think things between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross have only just begun. Now, I know some people have been saying, why can't these two have a one-on-one match? Now, here's the thing. I agree with the concept of a one-on-one match between these two if it were to take place on Raw or SmackDown. But these two are going to have their match at Extreme Rules on pay-per-view. And plus, it would be ridiculous if these two were to just have a regular match and it ends up, you know, everything's Extreme Rules now and everything has to have a gimmick in every way possible. So, you know, you got to go with a gimmick match. You got to go with a gimmick gimmick match any way possible. So, in this match, I want Karrion Cross to win, and I want this to be to be interesting to a point where Drew McIntyre is going to get so pissed that he's going to take his frustrations out on Karrion Cross in every way possible. So, I'm looking for Karrion Cross to win this match against Drew McIntyre in a strap match. Going to be good. Going to be great to check out. Now, this one will be interesting right here. Now, I don't know if this will be the main event or not, but you would think it would. You would think it would, but I don't think that'll be the case. This one's going to be a fight pit match. Matt Riddle to go one-on-one against Seth freaking Rollins. Now, if you guys have heard about the special guest referee, it is Daniel Cormier will serve as a special guest referee for the fight pit match. Now, those of you that wonder what a fight pit match is, it's quite simple. This match, um, it the fight pit is basically like, it's basically like a, well, it's basically like a typical wrestling style, right? Basically wrestling, but with two ways to win by pinfall or submission or by knockout or i think in this case by submission or knockout now this is going to favor riddle more than it's going to favor seth rollins now this is the third fight pit match that has taken place in wwe now let me explain where the first two came from the first fight pit match took place, I think it was in 2020. You had Riddle go one-on-one against Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher won, and I believe, if memory serves me correctly, I think Kurt Angle was the uh, referee at the time. Now, the second fight pit match consists of Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, And I believe Tommaso won that match. So Riddle has lost one match. Timothy Thatcher was the one that won the first match. Um, Let's see. Tommaso Ciampa has won the second match. So those are the two individuals that have survived the fight pit. But now you have Riddle and Seth Rollins to compete in a fight pit match with Daniel Cormier as a special guest referee. This one, a lot of people have been saying that Seth Rollins should be the one to win. My deal is, are you out of your fucking mind? That's just me talking. I think the individual that should win this fight pit match should be Riddle for obvious reasons. Number one, 
to extend the feud just a little bit further because you know these two are not going to end like this. The first time would have been at SummerSlam, but it took place over Clash of the Castle, where Seth Rollins won. The second encounter should happen where Riddle should win in his own element. Now, if this feud continues, it may continue either at Survivor Series or continue at the Royal Rumble or at Crown Jewel. Either way possible, we will see what happens. But nonetheless, the main event is going to go with Matt Riddle. Expect Seth Rollins to put on a good performance. Expect Matt Riddle to put on a good performance. Expect Daniel to do whatever he can to keep this match afloat. And expect Seth Rollins to get a little bit physical with the former UFC heavyweight champion. Nonetheless, this fight pit match is going to be interesting. Matt Riddle will win, Seth Rollins will lose, and we will move on to our next match. This could be the main event, or not, but we will see what happens. Extreme Rules match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Um, Boy, I'm hoping this is not the main event. I really hope it, uh, I'm really hoping that this isn't going to be the main event match, but it's going to be under extreme rules. This match has been going on for a while. So to kind of give you the history, to kind of brief you in on what's going on with these two, let me, let me fill you in. Ronda Rousey, who won the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania Backlash, has held on to the championship for several months. She lost the championship at Money in the Bank because of Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan has defeated Ronda Rousey at Money in the Bank. Liv Morgan has defeated Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. That's twice. And it would be a crying shame if Ronda Rousey were to lose a third time to Liv Morgan. Now, this is kind of hard to, to, to look into and to try to analyze this because on one side it would be great if Liv Morgan were to still be the champion another thing is it would be great if Ronda Rousey were to were to become the champion once again but I'm kind of seeing something I think a lot of other people see it as well there's a possibility this is not a rumor but I thought this could happen at SummerSlam but no doubt it'll probably happen at Extreme Rules I had mentioned this rumor Uh, on the last main event talk about SummerSlam, and I'm going to mention it right here, right now. I think it will be an extreme surprise if Charlotte Flair were to somehow show up, show up and find a way to get into this matchup. Now, here's how I see it. Who do I think will win? Liv Morgan could possibly win this match. And I know some people are going to say, oh, come on, you're stupid for thinking that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that I think she will win. But I'm saying that there could be a possibility she could walk away with that championship if things go the way the way I'm seeing this. Now, let's analyze this, all right? Let's analyze this completely. Say we're at the end of the match. Say Ronda Rousey is about to take, take away Liv Morgan. And say Charlotte Flair gets involved in the match. Say Charlotte Flair gets involved, stops Ronda Rousey, puts her down, and then Liv Morgan comes in for the cover and then beats Ronda Rousey because of the interference of Charlotte. Now, that could be 
one side of the coin. Now, the other side of the coin to think about would be this. Say if Ronda Rousey did beat Liv Morgan in Extreme Rules matches, say she got her by a tap out, right? Ronda would walk away with the championship, and then she could get attacked by Charlotte Flair. She could get attacked by Charlotte Flair. Uh, Ronda could still hold on to the title just a little bit long, uh, could hold on to the title. And Charlotte will be back to reclaim her championship against Ronda Rousey instead of having to regain it against Liv Morgan. That could happen. Now, that those are the two scenarios that I think will happen. Now, which one do I pick? I'm going to pick... I'm going to actually pick as much as I'd love for Liv Morgan to still be the champion. I think it's time for her to lose the title. I think it's time for her to lose the title. I think Liv Morgan's time as champion was good. I think it was great, but I think it needs to move on to the next level. We need to put that championship right back around the waist of Ronda Rousey. Because let's be honest, I don't think anybody believes that Ronda Rousey is going to lose to Liv Morgan. I don't see that happening. But like I said before, if Charlotte Flair does get involved in the match and say and, and say she does, you know, cost her the championship in every way possible and say it goes down to that to that critique, I think we could see Liv Morgan walk away with the championship because of Charlotte Flair. Or we could see Ronda Rousey walk away with the championship, but we'll still see Charlotte Flair come out and, you know, interfere in the match in every way possible because you know that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen, and, you know, there's no other way to put it. So the main event is going to go with Ronda to win the championship once again and to have Charlotte Flair get involved. Now, if Ronda just wins the title, if Ronda just wins the title, okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that in every way possible, but it would be shameful if Liv were to beat Ronda again. It would be very shameful. I know some people would think, well, well, it's it's got to be what's best for business because you got to let Liv Morgan hold on to that title for a while. Let's look at this. Liv Morgan won the championship in July. We're in September going on no actually we're, we're in october i'm sorry we are in october so let's see july august september october she's been three months champion her championship reign is not the best and she's not exactly the greatest women's champion of all time but at least she finally held on to a championship now all she has to do is now prove herself that she can hold on to the title she has to prove herself against ronda now, if she could beat her, I'll be very surprised. I'll be very surprised. But either way possible, I'm still going to go with Ronda Rousey to win the championship and Charlotte Flair somehow gets involved. That's what's going to happen. That's what I think will happen. And we will stick to that in every way possible until something changes. But either way possible, that's what I think will happen. Okay. So just to kind of reiterate, just to kind of get everything back up and running again, let's start off with, let's go back to what I've been talking about. Okay, six-man tag team, good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. I'm going to go with the Brawling Brutes to win the match. 
I Quit match. I'm going to go with Edge to go with that one. WWE Raw Women's Championship at a ladder match. I'm going to go with Bayley. Strap match. Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. I'm going to go with Karrion Cross to win the match. Fight pit match with Daniel Cormier, special guest referee. We're going to go with um, Riddle to win the match. And then, of course, Extreme Rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Ronda Rousey to beat Liv Morgan. I think that's what's going to go down. I think that's what's going to take place. Uh, at Sunday's pay-per-view. Now, keep in mind, as this report is taking place, uh, as this episode is taking place, it's going to be, this episode's being released on a Thursday. So that means that I'm announcing these matches as they're happening. But there's not going to be, there's not going to be another match added just yet unless, unless they decide to go ahead and add it this coming Friday. So these six matches are going to take place these six matches are going to take place uh, as uh, as I'm talking to you right here. Now there could be a possibility of a of a seventh or eighth match to take place at Extreme Rules this coming Saturday. So expect it to happen. Be ready for it. But six matches, I don't see a problem with six matches. They'll probably add a match on Friday or add a match on Saturday, but we'll see how it goes. Nonetheless, either way possible. Extreme Rules is going to be incredible. And this will be the first Extreme Rules in a long time that we finally get something that looks extreme. And we're going to be looking forward to checking it out. Live Saturday, October 7th. We are looking forward to checking out Bound for for Glory. We're looking forward to checking out Extreme Rules live as it happens on Peacock and on Pay-Per-View. Those are all the matches that are going to happen. Be ready to you know to check it out in every way possible. I'm looking forward to Extreme Rules this Saturday. Next Friday. On the season premiere of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. For the first time ever, Logan Paul. Social media megastar. Roman Reigns. Acknowledge me. Come face to face in the ring. This is my sport. It's what I do. I'm going to show you what God most really looks like. And... Sheamus will challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship one more time. It's the season premiere of Friday Night Smackdown. Live next Friday, 8, 7 Central, only on Fox. Alrighty. May I, Mike? You know how this show starts. It's the gimmick. All right, so yesterday, Andrade and Sammy had in... You know what's funny? Let's go back a little further. So on Monday, I think it was Monday, I was making my list of all the topics for the show like I always do, and I had a whole list of topics, and nowhere in there was Andrade and Sammy going back and forth on Twitter. I really wasn't going to talk about it. And for whatever reason, I was, uh, I was in the middle of the show, and I was like, I guess we've got to talk about Andrade and Sammy. And uh, little did I know, it's a good thing we talked about it. Now everybody kind of knows what happened. So Andrade did an interview, I think on Friday, and he talked about a lot of things. We discussed it on the show. And the key points to me are this. He, he had a scheduled mask versus career match with 10. And in the interview, he's joking about, you know, maybe I'll just lay down. Maybe I'll just lay down and leave. And he talked about how, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to Triple H. 
but you know, I could talk to my wife who will talk to Triple H for me. He's pretty much admitting he's just using an intermediary to talk back and forth with WWE. And then he says, you know, I've never had a problem with anybody in this business except Sammy Guevara. And he says, one day Sammy was crying that I hit him too hard. And come on, it's wrestling. I hit you, you hit me. Why are you complaining about it? And he said, I, I talked to him about this and I asked if he had a problem and he told me no. So on Monday... Sammy Guevara is just, he's clearly irritated with this interview. And he goes on Twitter, and he just says a bunch of stuff. And it's not true, and you're a jobber, and a bun you're only here because of your father-in-law, and, and this and that. And then Andrade snaps back, and he's like, you know, I'll see you on Wednesday, haha. And, you know, we were talking about it Monday. Like, there's, there's two options here. It's either real... Okay, which is, you know, someone clamped down on this immediately. Or it's fake, and it's like the stupidest angle ever, because it's stupid stuff to make an angle out of it, you know. So I, I presumed it was real, and it was real. And on, I guess it was on Tuesday, they were both talked to and essentially told, knock it off, stop this, get off social media for crying out loud. And other people in the company are, are tweeting about how horrible this looks for the company. These two guys are tweeting about this. But for whatever reason, they weren't asked to take it down. It was, it, was, it was still up as of yesterday. I presume it's still up right now. So Andrade had, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it, was a, call it a threat. But, I mean, he did say, I'll see you on Wednesday after this back and forth. And so they were contacted, and they were both told, you know, don't do anything. And Andrade agreed, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything on Wednesday. And and so Wednesday came, and there's obviously, as noted, two versions of this story. The TMZ version is that they had words. The TMZ version is Sammy started swinging through several punches, according to TMZ, and then Andrade punched him. That's the story that was that was on TMZ. Now, I was told, and obviously this is the case, that the TMZ story is Andrade's side of the story. So I obviously talked to a lot of people yesterday, and everybody I talked to had a different story, which was not Andrade's side of the story. And, you know, I heard it all yesterday. Oh, Brian's sticking up for AW. Bro, they both work for AEW. I'm not sticking up for anybody by telling you that multiple people all had a totally different story than what was published on TMZ. And the story was, essentially, that Andrade showed up and he blindsided Sammy and he sucker punched him and it was immediately broken up. Every single, every single, every single person that I talked to, the story involved Sammy not fighting back, Okay. There was one version, I was told, in which Andrade started yelling at Sammy, or maybe he spun him around or whatever, and Sammy shoved him, and then Andrade punched him. That was one, one person said that they had heard that Andrade uh, was shoved first. Every other person, there was no shove. Every other person, it was Andrade showed up, sucker punched him, and then was sent home. 
And no, this was not, I did not talk to Sammy, okay? This is not from Sammy. Now, yes, there are two versions of this, but I think it's been made abundantly clear that if the TMZ side of the story was correct, that if Sammy started yelling, he showed, if, if the story is that Sammy showed up, started yelling at Andrade, started punching him, and then Andrade responded with a punch, uh, Sammy is not working the show, Sammy is not working the main event. Sammy would have been suspended by now or sent home. None of those things happened. That tells you that not only did multiple sources say that Sammy did not start this fight and was sucker punched, but the follow-up tells you that there's it's the story told to TMZ cannot be true. So, Sammy did in fact work the show, and Sammy did in fact work the main event, and Sammy has not, in fact, been sent home or suspended as of today. So, you're welcome to pick Andrade's side if you want to, but this is not AW fee, blah, blah, blah. Literally, there is no evidence that supports Andrade's side of the story. All evidence, all accounts, all the follow-up, all support the side of the story that, you know, Sammy got blindsided and sucker punched. Now, I don't know what is in Andrade's mind, but I do know that pretty much universally within AEW, the belief is that he wants out, he wants to go to WWE, he's trying to get himself fired, and that this whole thing was an attempt to get himself fired. Now, there was a huge argument on our board yesterday, I'm sure elsewhere, Bro, just let the guy go. Just fire the guy. And my argument on Observer Radio last night was, send him home. You can either send him home without pay, in which case you're probably going to have to release him sooner than later because you can't just not pay him for three years. Or you pay him and you send him home through the duration of his contract and he's never in the locker room again. And quite frankly, that's what I would do. And people have talked about it's a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. Listen. If you fire him and you allow him to go to WWE, all you've done is tell the rest of the locker room, and quite frankly, as I'll talk about it, it's not the whole locker room, but there are people that want to go to WWE. All you're doing is telling them, just show up for work and punch somebody, and you're going to be fired and you can go to WWE. That is not the message that you want to send. Now, I realize I'm taking a lot of your time, Mike, but the other key here is that to the outside world, this place looks like an absolute disaster, which is, which is, they need to deal with this in some way. But, I mean, I've been told from so many people, most, definitely not all, most of the people working for AEW are perfectly happy working for AEW. But there is a percentage, and I don't know if it's 5%, 7%, but it's very small. This percentage does not want to be there. And they're making it so obvious and so public that to an outside viewer, this looks like an asylum. It looks like it's just madness and everybody wants out. And it's They don't need that public look, but that is what it looks like to the public right now. But my point is, because it is a rather small percentage of people that want out and are causing these overall problems, dude, send that small percentage home pay them for the duration of the deal they agreed to 
and be done with it. Yes, it's going to cost you some money, but it's going to cost you less money than you think. Because it's not like you're sending home 50% of the roster. You'll send home three, four people. The locker room is going to be way better off without those people there if they're really unhappy being there. And you move on, and you set the precedent, and that's the way that you deal with this issue. Okay, so we are almost at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And so far, you know, we've talked everything that we need to. Of course, we've talked about some of the latest news going on with Andrade and Sammy Guevara from the Wrestling Observer. Of course, you heard some of the latest wrestling news going on in the world of professional wrestling. You heard some of my rants and everything. You've heard me talk about... um, Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, which is going to be taking place tomorrow night. No doubt Impact Wrestling's uh, show is going to be taking place right now as we speak. Uh, The premiere of SmackDown is going to be happening tomorrow night. Battle of the Belts is going to be happening tomorrow night. And of course, WWE Extreme Rules happening Saturday night, October the 15th. I'm sorry, October the 8th. Why did I say the 15th for (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, we're at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Tongue Podcast. So, uh, uh, what else do I have to say that has not been said at this point? Um, You know, I really don't know at this point. Um, To kind of reiterate on a couple of things. Well, actually, before we give you my final thoughts here on this episode of the main event talk podcast i want to bring up and i and i must apologize because even though i have introduced a new commercial to rich's billiards i have failed to mention them on this episode so i am going to go ahead and mention it right now while i have the opportunity we know that uh emo night is going to be having their biggest event their biggest emo night to take place live on october 15th and uh, will the main event be there? Uh, that's going to be a gimme or a question because, uh, and, and I'll, t- I'll explain what it is in a moment. We know that Emo Night is going to be having their biggest Emo Night to take place live Saturday, October 15th. Several bands are going to be performing. Let me see if we can, <clears throat> I think I can pull it up right here on my Facebook page. Can I pull it up on my Facebook page? Can I? Yes, I can. Cool. All right. Let me see if we can pull up Emo Night, if you will. Yes, here we go. And looks like there's several things that are going to be happening. Yes, here we go. Uh, let, um, let me go ahead and... Okay, cool. There we go. I was just trying to make sure that my recording doesn't get turned off while I'm while I'm hosting this on. But anyways, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. It's going to be Emo Night Halloween Party Costume Contest on Saturday October 15th. It's going to start around 9 p.m. and ends around 2 a.m. in every way possible. Uh, let's see. It's going to feature Mason uh, Musso from Metro Station, uh, DJ Jaws from Emo Night, uh, Emo Night Brooklyn, uh, Ryan Dunson from Rookie of the Year. I remember them quite well. Social Order featuring members of Metro Station, Rookie of the Year, and Mighty... I think it's Mighty Vibes, is that right? Yeah, Mighty Vibes. Okay, so that's all going to take place over at Rich's Billiards on Saturday, October 15th. Now, uh, and it's uh, it's going to be, of course, $15 at the door uh, with proper ID. Get there as early as you can, guys, to check out 
Uh, possibly Emo Night's biggest event. No doubt they're going to be having themselves a tremendous crowd. And as always, to Rich's Billiards, I need you guys to do me a favor. I need you to be fully loaded and fully stocked and ready to go. That means you got to get every bartender ready. You got to get every every bodyguard that you possibly can. That means you got to get Headbanger Incorporated's head of security, Adon Pena, to make sure that everything is rolling according to plan. That means that he's going to need about at least 10 bodyguards. Yes, 10. I'm, I, I know Richard can't afford that, but get 10 bodyguards to be a part of the entire event and everything. So that way, uh, Emo Night can be a tremendous success. So get there as early as you can on Saturday, October 15th, Emo Night Halloween Party Costume Contest. It's going to be one epic night. Cannot wait. And there's going to be several more events coming. Uh, there's another event that's going to be happening, I believe, on the 20... I think it's the 29th or the 30th of October. It's supposed to be... Uh, there's supposed to be a rap group coming over to Rich's Billiards. And the main event, we'll be uh, talking about that in the weeks to come right here in the Main Event Talk Podcast. Now, speaking of what's going to happen on October 15th, the main event... Uh, the main event will probably not be there for that event. And the reason why is because I have a prior commitment to take place uh, over with a longtime best friend of mine who is getting married. Mark Anthony Pantoja, my longtime best friend and tag team partner, one of my longtime best friend and tag team partners, who is getting married um, uh, on, fr- on Saturday. The main event is going to be attending the, win- uh, attending the wedding as early as possible. I plan on getting me some new clothes and everything to get myself ready for the wedding to present myself, you know, look good as only I can. Uh, the, the, the wedding, I believe, is going to take place at a church over here in the corner of um, in the corner of uh, SBID and Castoris. It's just going to be right across from where uh, AT&T, Cricket and um, Golden Chick will be at. So you'll <clears throat> you'll know where that is. And everything. The main event plans on being there as early as possible. Uh, I think it's going to start around 1.30 p.m. And I know several of my closest friends are going to be there. From Hector Juarez, a.k.a. Homestar Runner, the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. No doubt I'll probably be seeing several old friends over there. Hopefully get a chance to see uh, Antoine's brother, Gabriel. I've not seen him in a long, long time. I know he's been over in uh, San Antonio, Texas for a long time. And no doubt he'll come in for Antoine's wedding and I'm wondering I'm wondering if any of his sisters are going to be there uh like uh Diane or Lisa or any of them I'm, I'm hoping to get a chance to see them uh, I'm also kind of wondering about there's there's a couple of things that I'm wondering and I don't want to set the world on fire in any way possible because I know there's going to be a lot of friends and family that are going to be a part of it. I know that, uh, like I said, Hector will be there. Best drummer on the planet, John Luna, will probably be there. Uh, no doubt several of the bandmates from uh, Southern Revival are going to be there as early as they can for the wedding. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a reception. If the reception takes place, I don't know if it's going to take place at, um, at, a, at a ballroom somewhere. Or it may take place over at Antoine's house. I, I've never had a chance to go to Antoine's house. I know he lives over... Uh, close by, and I'd like to see what his new house looks like and everything. I know he's had that house for uh, uh, several months now, and I like to check it out how it is. So uh, we'll see what happens. I-, I know that there are several people. <sighs> if we're going to be getting uh, friends and family involved, uh, several close friends and family of Antoine's, there's going to be. 
And there's going to be certain people that I'm going to be expecting to see over there, but there's also going to be... There's one person that I don't know will show up. But no doubt somebody... No doubt somebody is going to probably mention to this person that I will be at the wedding. Now, I'm not saying that she will be there. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I, I, I know some people are thinking, no, dude, Samantha's not going to be there. No, I don't expect her to, and I don't want her to be a part of the wedding. She's got too many problems as it is. That's just <laughs> me talking. But anyways, um, <clears throat> I'm not saying she's going to be at the wedding. I'm not saying she doesn't know about the wedding. But it would be kind of a shock if she was there. It would. Now, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not getting my hopes up because I know it's been years. <coughs> it's been many, many years since me and her had talked. And, uh... I know it would be great to see her one more time. I know it would be awesome to see what she's doing. And um, it would be great to see her. And it would also be great to see her and her child. I know some people are curious about who I'm talking about. I know, I know Antoine knows who I'm talking about. Hector probably knows what I'm talking about. There's a couple of other people that have the faintest idea as to, you know, what it is. Now, if I don't think she knows that I have a podcast, she probably has heard about the main event talk podcast. But I want to go ahead and just reiterate on a couple of things. I'm hopeful when I get over to the wedding that I'll be there to not only celebrate my best friend's uh, wedding. I'll also be there to celebrate alongside with not just him, but his family and several of our closest friends and family. And it's a big day, very big day for him. And it's good that we're all going to be there to be a part of the wedding. And <clears throat> I was a part of Hector's wedding about one year ago, almost one year ago, by, by Halloween in the next couple of weeks, it will be over, it will be over one year since, you know, uh, since the, the one year anniversary of Hector and Chrissy's wedding. Now, this wedding will promise to be very special. I love Antoine. I love Valerie very much. I wish them nothing but the best in every way possible, and I cannot wait to be a part of the festivities. And all I will do is be there to show my support, to show my love, and have myself a real good time when it happens. But, but, if this person chooses to come over. And I'm not saying she knows it. I'm not saying she knows about the wedding. I'm not saying she's going to be at the wedding. But say if she does, say if she does appear before God, before the main event, before everyone else.
I would like for us to get a chance to talk to each other once again. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to overshadow Antoine and Valerie's wedding. Because that's not, that's not what this is about. This wedding is about Valerie, and this va- uh, wedding is about Antoine. It's about these two tying the knot in front of God and in front of family and friends, which is the right move. I, I, even though they're already married, you know, even though they're already married, they got to do it right, and they got to do it the way God intended. I've been a part. I've been a part of Antoine. Uh, I've been a part of. Um, uh, let's see, I was a part of Hector's wedding one year ago. I was also a part of Jesse's wedding, who I, uh, no doubt Jesse will probably be there as well. No doubt. Be great to see him. All I'm saying is, October 15th is going to be a very important date, not just because of Emo Night over Rich's Billiards, but it's going to be an important night because it will be the night when the main event got to be there to see my my best friend one of the members of the elite force alongside with Hector with Roman with Adam with Joseph Samantha Valdez and Stephanie Gonzalez and Jonathan Chappelle I get a chance to be there to see him get married. That's going to be awesome. And also, like I said it before, if she chooses to show up, it'll be great to see her. If she doesn't show up, that's cool. Just remember, I am thinking about you. I even thought about you on your birthday. September 26. I even mentioned you on my main event talk podcast. And whether you know it or not, you're still thought of by me. And I know that if if uh, you were around, I guarantee you, you would, um, it would be great for us to talk again. I know that you know about my mom passing away. I know that you know that my dad had passed away. And I know how much you love them dearly. And I know how much they love you. I hope I see you at the wedding. But if not, it's okay. Hopefully, the Messiah and the main event will see each other one more time. October 15th. This is going to be one hell of a Saturday that I will never forget. <sighs> okay, and with that, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I know that it's strange that this episode's being released on a Thursday, uh, but I had to do it simply because of the fact that there's going to be several big wrestling events that are going to be happening in the next couple of days. So before we go ahead and, uh, and sign off right here, let me talk about some of those events that are going to be happening. Tomorrow night, Friday night, will be the season premiere of Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to see the appearance of Rome. Roman Reigns going face-to-face with 
Logan Paul. That's going to be interesting there. We also have several new announced teams for Raw, for SmackDown, and for NXT. You'll know about what it is and much, much more. We'll also talk about... um, Let's see, the Intercontinental Championship matchup will be on the line as Gunther will go one-on-one against Sheamus. It's going to be a hard-hitting match. Cannot wait for that. Also, Battle of the Belts is going to happen. Rampage is going to happen on Friday night. And also, Bound for Glory, the biggest event in all of Impact Wrestling, is going to be on pay-per-view tomorrow night. The main event is going to be looking for As a matter of fact, I'm going to actually be watching... And I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch Impact Wrestling in the kitchen. And I'm going to actually watch SmackDown in my room. Since since my room is close by. And since I have a TV in my, in my kitchen. I'll be able to check out the pay-per-view in the kitchen. While I'll check out the premiere of Friday Night SmackDown. Just so we can keep things in balance. Now that's all going to take place on Friday. On Saturday night, on the other hand, it's WWE Extreme Rules. And the main event's going to be looking forward to checking that out. The SmackDown Women's Championship will be on the line. Ronda Rousey taking on the champion Liv Morgan in an Extreme Rules match. A ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair to defend her championship against Bayley. We're going to also have a strap match between Drew McIntyre and... Karrion Cross. We're also going to have ourselves a six-man Donnybrook featuring the members of Imperium taking on the members of the Brawling Brutes. Hell yeah. And I quit match between Finn Balor and the Rated R Superstar Edge. And of course, there's going to be the Fight Pit. The Fight Pit with Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, that's going to take place with special guest referee, former UFC heavyweight champion and future Hall of Fame. I think he's actually a Hall of Famer now, right? Daniel Daniel Cormier? Yeah. He is going to be a part of the fight pit match, and the main event is going to be looking forward to checking that out. Now, also before I leave... Uh, several big surprises from what I understand. I know most of you have been ta- uh, most of you have heard about the white rabbit, the whole these riddles, these scan codes that have been appearing on television. Is the fiend Bray Wyatt going to make his appearance? That means we're going to see Steve Scoob on TV. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I always call Steve Scuba Bray Wyatt because every t- every t- every time I see Bray Wyatt, Steve Scuba comes to mind. Every single time. But there's also another rumor besides that happening. There's a possibility of Brock Lesnar appearing at Extreme Rules. We don't know if that's going to happen, but word is uh, there have been room- there were rumors set that Brock Lesnar will take on Bobby Lashley for uh, the uh, will take Bobby Lashley will take on Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. It's not made official yet, but that's the latest rumor I'm hearing. But the other rumor I'm hearing is that Brock Lesnar could go one on one against Daniel Cormier at at a um, at Crown Jewel. Now we don't know if that's going to happen either, but we will see what happens. So two things may go down: we're either going to get a surprise appearance by the Fiend at Extreme Rules. Or we'll get a surprise appearance at Brock Lesnar. Philadelphia is going to be taking it to the extreme at WWE Extreme Rules Live Saturday. Saturday night, October 8th. Main event's going to be looking forward 
to checking that out. A lot of stuff is going to be happening this weekend. A lot of wrestling, a lot of stuff, and that means the main event is going to be buying a lot of beer as all this takes place. Extreme Rules, Bound for Glory, the season premiere of SmackDown, Battle of the Belts, and AEW Rampage. There's going to be a lot of wrestling happening this week, and the main event is going to be looking forward to checking that out and much, much more. As always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. Go to my main event talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0. That's facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0 for all of the latest info going on in the world of professional wrestling. Find out the results of Bound for Glory and Extreme Rules and SmackDown and Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Find out all those results on the Main Event Talk podcast. I know that uh, Facebook has been doing a lot of changes to their um, to their stuff and the main event is, you know, putting together everything, updating everybody on what's going on. Of course, if you want to know the latest news going on in the world of professional wrestling, we will update you on all that as well. And also, if you want a friend request me, proceed at your own fucking risk. Oh, and also, I'd like to add one more thing, and I decide I'm going to go ahead and do it right here, right now, on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. If you want to send or, or donate any money to the main event... I don't usually ask for this, but I figured, you know what, if I'm going to improve my show, if I'm going to do some stuff to it in every way possible, I'm going to go ahead and use my cash app. Yes, Mike, I the main event has a cash app. I've had a cash app for a while, and I haven't really put it to good use, and I think maybe it's about time that I go ahead and put it to good use. So all you do is go over to, I believe it's um, look for cash app, and you'll see something that says, dollar sign main event player it comes out all together just like that and uh, donate uh, some money to the cause i don't care if you donate a dollar two dollars three dollars five dollars ten dollars a million dollars it don't matter if you want to donate to anything that happens here on the main event talk podcast you can and we will do everything we can to make sure that we improve this show in every way possible we're going to try and uh, see if we can update a website if we can uh, because that's the latest thing that we need to work on as far as the main event talk podcast goes okay and if you want to be my friend on facebook I think I said this earlier, but just in case I haven't, proceed at your own fucking risk. And and also keep in mind, I also keep an eye on my Twitter and my Instagram. And I know that there are people that try to follow me. And I don't even know who these people are. They look like sexy women. They put their pictures out as sexy women. But they don't look like they don't pretend to be sexy women. And I don't appreciate it when people tried to DM me and ask me for four million dollars. Well, they're not asking me for four million dollars, but you might as well go ahead and ask me for four million dollars because the main event will tell you, bitch, I ain't got four million dollars. So you might as well go ahead and go over to the lottery system and get yourself a scratch off ticket because that's the only way you're going to win four million dollars okay so as always thank you for listening to this episode of the main event talk podcast i will see you next week 
on another great episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And don't forget to check out Bound for Glory, the season premiere of SmackDown, Rampage, Battle of the Belts, and Saturday night will be WWE Extreme Rules live on Peacock and only on pay-per-view. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week on another great episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. We're headed to Bound for Glory to battle for the belts at WWE Extreme Rules.